0: but not high enough, Court.
1: You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer.
2: Dame
3: DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City.
2: Oh, brother. None of this is good. No engine in the morning. Don't eat me,
4: Dvorak. Yes, please don't eat us, Dvorak.
0: Don't eat us, Dvorak. Not on St. Patrick's Eve.
4: It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right to eat us on St. Patrick's Eve. Thanks for joining us in the bowl. It is March sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. You're listening to Bull After Bull, episode seventy. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City.
0: And I'm Dame DeLorean.
4: And we are joining you for the first time tonight, live on the No Agenda stream. Woo! Yeah. Hello,
0: No Agenda Nation. Woo!
4: Cool. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sir Bemrose, for helping me get that set up. And uh, you'll be able to find us here. And don't worry, bowlers, you can always find us on the Bull After Bull stream as well. Bullafterbull.com. Click on Listen Live, and uh, the website needs an overhaul, needs an update. I'm, I'm working on writing it.
0: It's in progress.
4: It is in progress. It's a work
0: in progress, and it's always going to be a work in progress.
4: It's true. It's true, it's true. Well, it's a beautiful uh, Tuesday night here in Kansas City.
0: Yes, Token Tuesday,
4: A Token as Tuesday. we like to call it. And uh, we're going to bring you all the lovely usual stuff, some personal updates, Uh, Lorian's got a gang of 33 stories, we always do weed news, we talk about um, all different things happening around the country when it comes to legalization, and sometimes around the world, and then also, uh, at the end, we always like to go bowling, but uh, we do always have, every week, a first time I ever topic, and this week, it's the first time I ever got a thrift score, a really great thrift score, so... To us, we consider that either, you know, you got an incredible deal on something at a garage sale, at a thrift store, at a flea market, uh, maybe even Craigslist. You know, whatever you got an incredible deal. Maybe you made some money off of it. Maybe you just paid way too little for something way too awesome. We always want to hear from you about those different things, and uh, it's really easy to get in touch with us here in the bowl. All you got to do is call eight one six six zero seven. 3663 six, six, three. and the play ball after ball. Ball after ball. That's right, you can always give us a ring at 816-607-doof. 816-607-3663.
0: And if you're voice shy, you can send us a text message. Or yeah. a picture message.
4: That's right. Send all your nudes to uh, 816-607-3663. Uh, you can chime in on the first time I ever topic that we're talking about live. You can also troll along over in uh, what we call our troll room, which is the bowl. It is also on the zero node.net dot uh, infrastructure. So if you're already plugged into the no agenda troll room, you can just add a ch- our channel, which is uh, pound bowl after bowl. And we'll see you in there. You can chat along, you can text, you can voicemail. There's so many ways to interact with the show. Uh, tips during the week, you can send them via email, spencer at bull after bull.
0: Or Lorian at bull bowl after bull.
4: Bowl. We always read them, and we always appreciate it. And before we get too deep into things, we also want to mention that uh, Bull After Bull is a value for value podcast. And um, one of the requirements, uh, Bimrose gave us for getting on the stream is that you're value for value with no advertisements which we meet that criteria and uh, we're listener supported so we just put our show out every week and we just ask if you give get value from that at all I'll return a little value and there's a lot of ways to do it leaving voicemails and sending submissions is one of the ways like we talked about earlier there's also ways to submit your treasure digitally or um, as many are saying now cuck bucks you can send and, uh, actually the PayPal is pretty much the most common way still to send in your value. We want to thank our executive producer for tonight, Farmer Todd. Woo!
0: Thanks, Farmer Todd.
4: Thank you, Farmer Todd. 20 bucks on the old paypal Aruni. And, uh, this is a bong rip. Bong rip for Farmer Todd. You know, Farmer Todd, he asked me, uh... Ooh, yeah, get it. Um, he asked me if we had a P.O. box... And I know a lot of uh, podcasters get beers in their PO box, so I don't know. We got to talk about maybe setting a PO box up. But I just gave him the addy because you know it's Farmer Todd, yeah. So he can send something there. If you're desperate to send something uh, in the mail, there's many ways you can get a hold of me, and uh, we can talk it out maybe privately together, you and I, out there. Uh, But anyway, thank you, Farmer Todd. And I also had an update last uh, Tuesday. We had Douchebar's donation, you remember, of 420? Yeah. That came in through our uh, BTC Pay server. So you can always go, uh, there's a donation page at bullafterbull.com, which has our PayPal link, but there's also a a little widget for a BTC Pay server. And we'll talk about it a little bit later. But one of the things I want to do is make that prettier. But he submitted the uh, donation in Sat. As a boobs donation,
0: Oh, oh eight zero eight
4: five sats, and it just happened so so happened at the time to translate directly to four twenty.
0: That's pretty epic.
4: To the point where I didn't even look up, you know, I didn't look up the sats equivalent because I was like four twenty. That must be the number. He didn't even mean for it to be four twenty. He just picked boobs and sats.
0: And boobs was four twenty.
4: Yeah, boobs and four twenty. I love it. So there's uh, there's a great thing.
0: Coincidence? I think not.
4: I think not. <laughs> Uh, You can also give us value through the Sphinx app, which is a lightning chat app that you can get for desktop or uh, mobile. Works on uh, iOS and Android. I mostly use the Android version personally, but uh, if anybody wants invites or links or information on how to get in there, you can also message me or get a hold of me at the various ways we've already discussed. So the Sphinx chat... uh, We have a tribe in there, and you can set up different tribes. You can stream the show once it's published. Um, So they don't have live stream integrated at least yet. It's on their to-do list to to put that in eventually. You can also send messages back and forth. You can drop boosts and give us lightning that way. It's all hooked up to our lightning node. And uh, just another way to add value. So that's kind of the more cutting-edge experimental frontier as far as the podcasting 2.0. Uh, ecosystem is concerned, but uh we're diving in head first on it, and it's been a really fun journey and we've met new people in the tribe that we probably wouldn't have run into any other way, so uh, it's always exciting it's always exciting to add another kind of way to put put the show out there and and meet people.
0: I also want to say thank you to no debit and void Zero.
4: yes, thank you guys. They are sort of like the the granddaddies of the structures that we're speaking on and, and typing on um, when it comes to the IRC network and when it comes to the IceCast stream that No Debit set up for us. Uh, so we're streaming on that right now. And I believe Void Zero set up the NA stream uh, in, in its beginning that we are also broadcasting. So we're broadcasting on two streams. We got two butts, one bowl, and we're in the zone right now. It's fantastic. It's a great night to be a bowler.
0: Speaking of bowlers, a huge thank you to Guiff the Cock for coming on and doing bowls with buds with us.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had a great show with uh, Gwiffy the other night, so if you missed that, it's uh, episode sixty-eight, and we kind of jacked all our episode numbers up <laughs> in a little scramble because of a uh, a oh. little schedule conflict. We had to bump it a week, and uh, we discussed that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we talked uh, a lot about. Kind of some cultural differences, him growing up in the UK versus us here in the US, and also we talked a little bit about uh, the lockdowns and the effects it's had on um, his pub that he runs, a family pub, a generational pub. So it's a good uh, it's a good episode to check out.
0: Yes, and I love his no agenda agency idea.
4: Oh yeah, the talent agency yes. essentially. <laughs>
0: it's
4: fantastic. Yeah, Guiff is a among many things, a former BBC actor. And so it would be perfect to kind of translate the his acting career into like a value-for-value value endeavor. Everybody's thinking value-for-value value these days, so uh, how can we monetize it digitally? How can we put ourselves out there without putting a big old paywall in front of our content, but also not just keep doing it forever for free with no return? You know, you have to kind of strike a balance there. Because... Um, it's beautiful. Once you, once you offer that way to receive value and input and feedback, then all of a sudden you have not only a way to kind of make it worth it on the back end, but you get listener involvement, listener feedback, and you can steer your show and grow it in a way that people love and will collaborate with and help with. So it's really helpful uh, on the creative side of everything, just to get that feedback and to hear that uh, there's people out there that seem to enjoy it and want it to continue and uh just like we've done over the years with content that we love and support it's just it's nice it's like a full circle oh yeah circle of love and value we're just happy to be a part of it
0: well my first 33 story of the week comes from london
4: london town yes appropriately p- enough
0: yes a police officer serving in the London Metropolitan Police was arrested in connection with the disappearance of a 33-year-old woman. Uh-oh. It appears that like he kidnapped her. Oh, Lord. And, uh, yeah, that story came out last week that a 33-year-old woman was missing, and I was like, hmm, but lo and behold, could have been this police officer the whole time.
1: Hmm. Pretty suspicious, creepy. suspicious.
0: <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> creepy story we're going to have to... Keep our eyes on. Net Ned came at us with a 33 story. was fantastic. (laughs) A great one. Uh, 33 cats were rescued from a Monroe home after a mail carrier saw animals on the roof.
4: Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah, the homeowner said that they had 15 cats, uh, but apparently there were 33. Maybe
4: they just lost track. Oh,
0: I could totally see that happening.
4: Especially if they're having kittens and that's happened maybe a couple times, and you're like, I don't know, I think there's fifteen.
0: Last time I counted, there was (laughs) fifteen. I mean,
4: they're cats. They're not going to stay in the same place for long enough for you to count thirty-three of them all up.
0: They might wander out in the neighborhood and come back with friends, you know? Sure. Like, hey, come here for some chow. And an occasional pet. I know the cats in our neighborhood do that. They gang up.
4: They They do. Cat gangs. They roam the streets. They own the streets here.
0: Yeah, they hit up the elderly houses because those people, they put tuna fish on their porch Yo, and cat food. So
4: they're suckers.
0: The cats come back. Sometimes they'll let you pet them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fall into that trap. I like seeing cats around, though. Keep the mice population down. Apparently, a lot of these cats require some serious medical attention, Uh, and one example given in the article was two of them that had a genetic mutation where their front claws were growing abnormally, so they will have to be declawed to alleviate pain. Oof. No good. No, no. Yeah. Don't let your cats
4: get so out of repair, man.
0: It's sad. Take
4: your cat to the shop.
0: You know, (laughs) I, people really love cats. Yeah, I'm a I'm a three dog owner, uh, and that's three dogs is enough for me. Enough had, for animals altogether.
4: I've had cats. <laughs> I've had dogs. I like to having dogs better. Yeah, there's a lot of like ways dogs are more of a pain in the ass. You have to take I think more care of dogs in general. Cats kind of can take them care of themselves. You could leave a cat in your house for four days, you know, without too big of a deal, as long as you prepare and have the litter right and everything, you know. Hmm. Couldn't do that for dogs.
0: What's up with kittens uh needing to keep away from pregnant ladies though they like super germy or something is that like
4: something to do with like cat scratch fever and all that i don't know yeah it wouldn't surprise me
0: i just have heard that advice oh don't you know touch the kittens while you're pregnant
4: cats are kind of nasty man
0: kind of nasty a little
4: bit nasty they're on the nasty side man yeah but hey i'm not a hater
0: no not a hater at all
4: i'm a participator
0: i have seen uh litter trained dogs also you know Dogs that are about the size of... Probably smaller than cats. Much smaller than cats.
4: Yeah, they usually do a tiny.
0: Tiny hug Tiny
4: dogs shitting in the box. With a
0: tiny you, poop box.
4: You don't want a big old dog shitting in your house. No. Even if it's in a...
0: I just don't want poop in my house at all. No. No poop. Unless it's going in the toilet. No doubt. So, 33 people will be allowed in the Derek Chauvin courtroom.
4: <laughs> no shit?
0: Yeah, that was the article headline
4: oh my god
0: and then the literally the entire article is them just breaking down who the 33 people allowed in will be
4: was it all like news agencies or
0: no no you got the judge family
4: members you oh my god so you're you talking about every 33
0: total 33 in the includes the
4: bailiff and all of them people
0: mm-hmm.
4: holy shit
0: here's the breakdown okay we get the judge yeah we get 12 jurors and two alternates then okay. there's the defendant Three members of the defense team, Mm -hmm. four members of the prosecution team, Mm. one family member for Derek, one family member for George Floyd, the clerk, a court reporter, two deputies for security, (laughs) two media reporters who will rotate throughout the trial. Oh,
4: fantastic.
0: A court TV technician to make sure the live feed is up and streaming. Okay, And one witness at a time. So when the witness is called to the stand, that's oh. the only time they're in there.
4: So the witness is the thirty-third man that rotates out. Mm-hmm. Oh my goddamn! And
0: the witnesses are being sequestered and not allowed to watch the trial. So. Hmm.
4: hmm. <laughs> it's all uh, kind of fishy, really. You know. Yeah. This whole
5: thing is very,
2: very spooky.
4: We'll see what happens.
0: We'll see. It's all we can do is just to wait and
4: see. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's most of life how it goes. It's true. Especially when you talk about these national stories, you know. They just kind of have a life of their own.
0: Yeah. Pre-written narrative, perhaps, (laughs) (laughs) that we don't know about, nodding on. Who knows? But, you know, another national narrative is the Mm COVID-1984. COVID-1984, as Booberry likes to call it. I love that. Um, Last week, I came at you with a bunch of states that reported 33 deaths. And then there were certain counties that had... um, 33 deaths also reported. The 33 is still popping up, but it slowed down so much in frequency this week. Uh, Only South Carolina came in with 33 COVID deaths. But a 33-year-old man became the first confirmed uh, South African variant patient in Delhi, in India.
4: How about that? So
0: I was like, ooh.
4: What are the odds? Like 33%? I
0: try it right. Probably. <laughs> I was looking up who the first confirmed patient with some of the variants in the United States were, and they didn't have their ages listed. But I did remember uh, sharing on the bowl a few weeks back that 33 states reported having the variants.
4: Mm, so yeah, they got to get that, that
0: number in there.
4: It's, it's in there somehow. You can always split the numbers to get a 33, it seems like.
0: Yeah. I saw that they're opening up trials for um, babies now. Like, babies age six months old to 12 years old. Ugh. Um, And I also read that it was fully enrolled, so you don't have to worry about people like trying to recruit your kids.
4: Well, I have very little worries about that <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, not in America. No. That never happened.
4: There's no amount of and- compensation that can compensate for gambling with the future of your children's health i can't even i can't even imagine rolling the dice on that even in the most innocuous situation
0: no i wouldn't
4: sign my kid up for a placebo trial dude
0: yeah i agree my kid's definitely not a guinea pig no and when they're 18 they can decide if they want to be a guinea pig yeah absolutely And, you know, perhaps receive financial compensation for being a guinea pig. But as a child, no. Not my child, at least. None of them. Including the one that's baking in the oven right now.
4: I mean, as a member of the American public who owns a smartphone, I think I'm experimented on enough as it is. I don't need any other additional sign-ups, you know?
0: Yeah. It's awful to think about all the...
4: Most of them things just pay for your hotel room and like not much else either, you know, <sighs> hotel and gas.
0: Yeah, and the risks I think far outweigh those the monetary uh, benefit, if any, because you hear the end of any like prescription drug commercial, oh, it may lead to spasms and suicidal thoughts and actual suicide, and oh, it's you, a, your a butt nightmare. could grow ten times bigger and <laughs> yeah. whatever, your brain could shrink. We Bless. don't know. <laughs> Oh, so, no, 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 not something I'm risking. No doubt. Um, now, a lot of the pregnant women who decided to get the vaccine will soon be having their babies, I'm guessing, oh, um, <laughs> uh, at least the healthcare workers who were pregnant and decided God to willy. get the vaccine. Um, and I did see a report that the first baby was born with the vaccine, the antibodies, the COVID antibodies. Um, their mom got... The first Moderna vaccine at 30, 36 weeks pregnant, mm. and uh, the baby was born three weeks later with the antibodies. So that mom only got one round. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too.
4: So the baby presumably is immune now, huh?
0: Presumably. Presumably. <laughs> yeah. That's
4: the weird thing, too, That's about what they're hoping. Uh, the ability to patent life if it's if it's genetically altered, you know? Mm. makes you wonder, like, if they're genetically altering us, are we now patentable? Ooh. And does that spread to our offspring? You know, they, uh, we hear about soy farmers and corn farmers who aren't, you know, the very few that aren't buying the GMO crop. Uh, they don't go to Monsanto and they don't get the crop, which when you buy the GMO, you buy a license as well to grow it. If the licensed GMO crop comes and pollinates your crop... And as plant sex, the offspring of that, become the GMO crop too. <laughs> Farmers have been sued for mm. for just having pollen blow onto their crops. Unlicensed. Mm. And uh, you, you just got to wonder how far they're going to take it, you know? Mm. How many layers of slavery are you on, my dude?
0: I like to keep my slavery levels as low as possible. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> the smartphone is definitely bad enough. Yeah. Stupid work. Stupid jobs that make me think I need to have a smartphone. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in the real estate world, uh, a lot of the unlocking mechanisms are uh, Supra iBox devices. Is that like an an app? It it comes, yeah. There's an app as part of the ecosystem. And the lockbox itself, you'll see them on a lot of houses that are for sale. They're like a blue lockbox. And it's a Bluetooth device. So you basically press up on the bottom of the box and it starts beep booping and then you open your app and you ask for uh, a key and then you punch in your PIN number and then it, you know, Bluetooth connects to the app to tell you. I mean, it's kind of nice for security because it does verify exactly who's there and it also records exactly when they were there. Yeah. So on the listing side of things, it's pretty good to information to have, you know, you know when they went in and when they went out. So there's no guesswork of, like, you know, if people didn't stay very long, you'll know that right away. Yeah, and I'm if guessing If somebody it- tracked mud in, you'll know, you know, Ooh, you'll be able to narrow down pinpoint. who who was in there at what times. So it's helpful, but it's also, like, uh, you know...
0: I'm guessing it also expires, too, and then creates, like, a new code.
4: Well, for- yeah, it's, uh, it all just is encrypted within, within our own apps. So I have my own PIN. Oh. For my app So I just give it my pen To verify I am who I am And then it tells the lock who I am And it knows that I have appointment And then it unlocks Okay I see So
0: It all works together So if you showed up without an appointment
4: I've never tried that I'm not sure if they work without appointments To be honest with you
0: Well <laughs> Let's find out no, <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> going, Let's go right now <laughs>
4: No I don't know The market is uh, absolutely nuts right now though uh, crazy, crazy seller's market. Well,
0: I heard you tell someone the other day that 214 houses came on and 300 sold that day. One yeah, day.
4: <laughs> a lot went uh, pending or sold, and a lot less went uh, on the market. But there's a lot coming on since it's spring. I feel like last year the corona just dampened everything, so there wasn't as lot of market activity. Even before that hit, inventory was pretty low, <clears throat> even for like historic inventory levels what was on the market was pretty low. And so then when COVID hit, it kind of deflated the usual spring bubble that happens and everyone was uncertain. I had a deal that stayed up in the air for at least a couple of months last year. We finally got it to close. Um, And a lot of it was just COVID excuses Mm. and craziness. But now what we're seeing, I think, is that the... spring is here, it's opened back up, and then everybody who kind of, like, was waiting, waited too long, and now they're getting on. Uh, People who have been looking for this whole last year didn't have much to look at, and so there's now, there's more to look at. And, man, people are just outbidding, outbidding. It's crazy. Well,
0: good time crazy. to sell, I guess. <laughs> our
4: our overlist offer got beat by an, a higher overlist offer.
0: Oh, that's crazy.
4: Last night, so... That's how it's going, what? man. Like, if you're coming with, you can't you can't submit the offers that you used to be able to submit like a year or two ago. Mm. It's just a different world right now. I, it part of me that kind of hopes it calms down, or maybe that I just get a shitload of listings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fine. It's fine if you're over on the list side. Yeah, if you're on the list side. I do have one coming on pretty soon, so awesome. That, oh, that's a great time. Hoping that it gets out of here like pssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssssss
0: yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah. Well, the market's hot.
4: Hot, hot cakes.
0: Well, the magic number was popping up a lot in crime stories this week. Um, there were thirty-three people in Arizona that got arrested um, for luring children for sex.
4: Hmm. That's not cool. Not cool at all. It's fucked
0: up. It is fucked. And uh, some were as young as eighteen. Hmm. They received, this 18-year-old that they mentioned received three years probation. A 19-year-old and a 27-year-old got three years of supervised release. Which, what, you go to prison and if you're a good slave in the prison system, then you get out early? Is that what supervised release means?
4: I think supervised release is, um, like on a, a probation, probationary thing. Oh, and but to me, know.
0: like anything that comes to child sex is just like, whoa, we're just like letting these people wander around still. <laughs> the probation one shocked me. And then it says, it didn't go into details, but it said a dozen others received jury trials or faced jail time with at least a minimum sentence of six months, but many received several years.
4: I think you were right. <clears throat> the difference, according to the book of knowledge here, the difference between probation and supervised release is that the former is imposed... As a substitute for imprisonment, or in addition to home detention, while the latter is imposed in addition to pri- imprisonment. Okay. Probation and supervised release are both administered by the U.S. Probation and Pretrial Services System, so it's a federal charge.
0: Hmm. Well, eleven of those thirty-three accused have pending charges. Hmm. So, not. It didn't. I didn't hear about this on mainstream news, but. Uh, it was in Arizona, so maybe being in Kansas City just didn't make its way out here. To that could me.
4: be, yeah, it could be just a local story, according but, to them.
0: I mean, it popped right up with the magic number. And then also, uh, 33 people with gang ties were indicted for a meth trafficking ring in Arkansas. Boof. Yep. Eight of which uh, remain at large. Oh, damn. So, yeah, this uh, investigation was prompted by a sudden uptick in violent crime in Searcy, Arkansas. And, uh, yeah, they grabbed these people, and they're also facing a bunch of gun charges. So.
4: A pile of them, man.
0: A pile of them. That was on a show day, too. Uh Uh-oh. When the feds did their little press release talking about the 33 people.
4: They would do it on a show day. In the trafficking
0: ring. Yeah, I know agenda show day. If you want to hear about, um... Like, weed legislation and stuff. That always happens on Token Tuesday. That's right. Show day for weed news. But we'll talk more about that behind the curtain.
4: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that's all I got for non-behind-the-curtain stuff.
4: That's your 33. (laughs) Well, I did guess I had a couple of little personal updates. The first being that uh, I finally figured out my MIDI setup, dude. Oh, cool. I've been pounding my head against the wall for oh god, at least a couple of weeks trying to figure out how to plug in the MIDI software to this uh, program Reaper that I'm new to and uh, figure out how to actually get some MIDI data recorded and I finally got it down. So that project is now moving forward again. Sweet. So excited. I actually cracked the, <laughs> I got it working uh, right earlier today. I kind of like. Started rabbit-holing on it at, like, 4.30, and then drummed around, drummed around, did, you know, did some dick-around stuff, and then, uh, did, like, a three-take recording of the stuff I'm actually working on, and looked up, and it was almost 7.30, like, just like that, like, three fucking hours that I just, it felt like no time at all, felt like, uh, almost an hour. So, I guess I was having fun, is that what that means?
0: Sounds like it.
4: I don't know. It was fun, but, uh... I love this new kit that we got. I'm glad. It just feels really nice. The old one I had, it was cool. It was a Yamaha. Uh, DXT, DTX? I think it's DTX.
0: I think it's DTX, yeah.
4: Um, DTX 400. But the thing about it was the hi-hat pedal and the kick pedal are like... They're like little electronic pedals. It it almost feels like a a wah wah pedal you know, like a for a guitar. Pedal. Yeah, it feels like a guitar effect pedal, and it's not really as bad, honestly, for the hi hat side of things. But that kick, there's just something to the feel of a of a bass drum kick pedal. If you're a drummer and you've been, you know, used to it for over half of your life, kicking a kick pedal, and then you get into this uh, guitar situation, it just doesn't really translate. So this. Uh, I don't even know how you say Alesis or Alesis.
0: Alesis? I like Alesis. A-L-E-S-I-S. <laughs>
4: A-L-E-S-I-S, anyway. Alesis? Alesis? Hell if I know. But it's a command, the mesh kit. Alesis, says Duodenum. We, we don't even know how to say that either. We don't know how to pronounce anything here in the bowl. We just kind of say stuff. And uh, some of it actually turns out to be true.
0: Now, you were looking at two different models when we went to our... Little local drum shop, mm-hmm. which I was excited to be able to support a local business with this purchase for sure. Um, and there were two, I believe the other one was an Elise's we were looking at also. Um, but the box on it, you were like, No, I need this. <laughs> and yeah, I, I agreed the... that it was nicer looking, but I don't know what I'm looking at, so I was just like, Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> it's
4: just the module and what it's able to do, and mm. like the sounds that it comes with.
0: Oh, so it has like pre installed drum kit sound.
4: Yeah, it's got built-in kits, and then you could also customize them with any WAV file, so WAV file. God, I say WAV, too. I'm a fucking retard. It's all right.
0: GIF, WAV, it's all right.
4: Yeah, you know.
2: I know you're half-retarded.
4: Just half.
0: I hear some people say tomato. My better so. half
4: is the retarded half. Hey. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is a result of that.
4: Encoding um, world like we kind of hinted at, I'm trying to rebuild the the website, the bull after bull website. And my thought is what I'd like eventually and what I've built my database out to try and support is going to be a place where you could potentially, you know, log on and have your own user pick profile if you want. And if you don't, like most of the stuff will still work anyway. But the user functionality is going to be cool for different submissions, I want to eventually come to a place where we've got the art submissions and clip submissions, you know, whether it's a news story or just an ISO that's funny or it is uh, some kind of teaser, like Fletcher sent us some uh, cool stuff like uh, Spark One Up, things like that. Those would be submittable on you know, the website itself. And then it would be tied to your user and you get credit or recognition for it. If people look at old episodes, they're like, oh yeah, this person got some clips in and that kind of stuff. I also want to do integration of Lightning into the app so that people can just have a little wallet that they can fund and that they can boost and pull in the bowl chat, the IRC, so that you can chat around and maybe boost chats even or have a tip bot or some sort of thing like that. So that's kind of the bigger vision um, of what I want to do there. I also want to shout out Bored Stupid uh, on Notice Agenda Social. C-Mike out of the blue sent me a status of his, a toot of his, where he was just like, oh, I'm going through this book, learning basic Python stuff. The book, I think it's called uh, Automate the Boring Stuff. It's like a public domain book. <clears throat> and uh, it's just kind of Python for beginners stuff. So a lot of the first chapters are stuff that I already learned pretty well in C-sharp, so then I'm relearning it in Python. Just a little bit different syntax. Actually, a little bit easier to pick up. Uh, Flows a little bit better. And so today I rewrote... We did a Magic 8-Ball app in my class, and I made mine so that, like... I don't know. I'm really into Magic 8-Balls, so I got really into it. And instead of just ask a question, get a response... I made it so, you know, you ask your question and the eight ball confirms the question and then you get to shake the eight ball and the code itself actually re-rolls the random number. So it generates a random number to see your answer but then it it generates your random number and then it asks if you want to look or not but you can keep shaking and then it also has a counter so it counts the number of times you've shaken the eight ball. So like... You know, I mean, if you have an eight ball and you're asking a real serious question, you want to give it a good shake, you want to shake it more, you know? And it's just stupid in the code. It really doesn't affect the answer in the end, but it could. You do know, shake, 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 you know? Abel Kirby said shake, shake, shake in the bowl. It actually does say shake, shake, shake <laughs> when you shake it again. Uh, and then it counts the number of shakes, and then you can look at it, and it describes the blue dye floating to the top so that you can see the answer. It also has some, uh, what do you call it? ASCII art? A-S-C-I-I. The It's like the text art. So it starts with like a graphical art of the eight ball. But today I just, I was like, you know what? There was an exercise in that book of how to make an eight ball, how to make a magic eight ball, and hmm. it had like nine different answers. But I just went to uh, Autistic Eight Ball Kid on it. I went all 20 of the standard 8-ball answers exactly as they are from the official 8-ball and plugged them all in there. And yeah, wrote it all in Python now, so now I have a Python version. It's kind of cool.
0: And the first version was C-sharp?
4: Yep. Yeah, the first one was (laughs) C-sharp.
0: An 8-ball for every language. Yeah,
4: you know, you can't (laughs) have too many 8-balls just laying around. Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I'm I'm now an accountability partner. Uh, for board Stupid and I know that uh, he's going to be a good amateur coder because he already wants to give up <laughs> and so I told him hey man um, on Twitter it's pronounced C hashtag Cessor Bimrose <laughs> <laughs> I know it's C sharp get the fuck
0: out on the bird shite
4: <laughs> C dull some would say but some just hate Microsoft that much um, what was I saying oh yeah he already wanted to give up it was like uh i said you know a big part of coding is rage quitting and then coming back so she'll be fine
0: let the chicken tendies hit the floor Mm -hmm. and then pick them up
4: you go out you have a bowl (laughs) you come back with fresh eyes and uh you get back to that miserable work every
0: day day after day day after day bowl Bowl after bowl bowl. you know
4: (laughs) (laughs) just another thing to do you know um
0: speaking of things to do oh we had um you know our next round of chiropractic appointments and the girls got their first adjustment our three-year-old and our two-year-old
5: they
6: did
0: and um it was pretty cool seeing their results they are both i guess the the two-year-old had more of um the like forward leaning neck yep than the three-year-old which makes sense because she's a headbanger So she's just one of those kids that'll just ram her head into things and uh, headbutt you in the face, you know, when you're playing. And, um, you know, just a little two-year-old terror. But they got their adjustments. Um, The two-year-old got to just sit on your lap Mm -hmm. and get adjusted. And then our three-year-old, they were like, you want to come get on the adjusting table? And she was like, yes. (laughs) Just ran on there. She was just loving it.
4: Yeah, she was the perfect Cairo patient, man. Yes. She did love it and have a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, too, man. That guy just smashed me, dude. The last two adjustments, really. He smashed me. The second one that I got... So the first one we got, it was kind of... It wasn't super intense. It was light. And he got my neck that... That's the only time he's done my neck up top, too. It wasn't really that crazy in terms of... uh, popping or anything like that but then the last two times he's really like got me in the middle back just like one of those like seven to eight cracks at once kind of shoves and man that first night I was just wide awake I couldn't fall asleep
0: (laughs) after you had told him I never have problems falling asleep I
4: don't it's true (laughs) I, I mean even with that incident I can still probably count on my hands the number of times I've had trouble falling asleep in my life. And that was one of them. And I don't know, it was just like, at first when I laid down, I was just way hyper aware of the blood flow in my back.
7: Hmm.
4: And uh, it was almost like, well, what he told me when I described it is he was like, well, there's a lot of muscles that are like basically waking up that have been, you know, locked and not moving for so long that now they're kind of like bringing they're taking on some of the weight that used to be picked up by other muscles in your body once you're once you lose you know range of motion in certain parts of your back so god dude uh, that night i i was hyper aware of the blood flow and then i also had the sensation of like i'd been carrying around just this heavy heavy shit for so long and that i had set it down you know right before bed or something it was just like
0: Your body was exhausted. It was. It was (laughs)
4: exhausted. It was so tired. I was tired, but But not in a sleepy way, just in a physically tired way, like a body tired, not a head tired, to put it in stoner terms, that all you stoners can understand.
0: Oh, and speaking (laughs) of head, based on your, uh, like, the pictures they took of you and where your spine is supposed to line up, um, you do have, like, you've had... Like a forward-leaning neck posture, which is you know pretty common these days mm-hmm. between sitting at desks, looking at our phones. But they said that uh, your head weighs uh, 13 pounds by itself, which is like good 14. to know. Good to know, and I must put it on a pike. I'm <laughs> but apparent, based on your posture, the way that what? your spine has settled, yeah, I'm totally joking. By the <laughs> way, I can't even reach your neck with my little dwarf arms. <sighs> Um, but apparently your head weighs like 46 pounds, they said, because of the, your
4: spine. It was close to 50. Oh, my It was like, like 49 gosh. point something. Yeah. So it's like, they do that equivalent weight or like what your head feels like it weighs versus what it weighs. Because due to physics, your head leaning forward makes you pull back on it harder. It just makes it heavier. And woof, dude. It's like three times, my head weighs feels like it weighs three times more than it should it's kind of like a wind chill factor you know <laughs> where they have like the actual temperature and then oh but the wind chill makes it feel this cold yeah that's sort of like really. the, the head equivalent but yeah dude <laughs> when
0: you said that
4: fucking triple that's man
0: that's our three-year-old and our two-year-old sitting on your neck
4: <laughs> it does explain a lot you know
0: oh and then my other favorite part from me watching you get adjusted is after you get adjusted, you stand up, and you look at me, you're like, I feel taller, right as dude is like, you're taller. <laughs> yeah.
4: He, I was like, damn, I feel like I'm, I just got a little bit taller even with that adjustment. I like said it, I like muttered it to you. And he was like, yeah, well, you're looking taller already. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, eye level or maybe even barely below eye level on dude. When I got the adjustment. And then, but when I stood up after the adjustment, I was visibly taller than him. Like, no question, taller than him.
0: Yeah. It was wild. And so you got some good pops in this week, too.
4: Yeah, he, it was funny, because that first time, it was just, like, kind of an easy into it thing. And so, the second time, I was even going to tell him, hey, man, you really kicked my (laughs) ass this time. But then I was like, ah, guy knows what he's doing, you know. And sure enough, he just fucking, he leaned in. The first time, it was like, uh... Always have you know, heavy, like exhale while you're doing it. Yeah. But I always try to do the deep breathe anyway to just relax. Uh, I can I have enough experience with breathing and hypnosis to be able to get into those mindsets and relax muscles and stuff. But sometimes it'll just like be a shove and it didn't really take and so he'll be like, one more why am and just get it in real quick. And so he did take that double pump the first time, but last yesterday it was the first crack, man. I was mm. ready. I was ready and Ready to receive.
0: Nice. Now, they're going so gentle on me. (laughs) They're using... Well, um, yeah.
4: I mean, you're seven months.
0: Yeah. Seven
4: months along.
0: They're using the Webster technique, um, which is great uh, for pregnant chiropractic care. It's ideal. It's, you know, what they're exactly supposed to be doing. Um, But what's interesting, and I didn't know this when I was reading about the Webster technique, is... um, Although it was originally created to just ease the process of labor and, like, prepare the body for giving birth more so, you know, make sure your sacrum is where it's, like, aligned correctly and not jutting out. Um, It also was found to be super helpful for uh, turning or spinning babies. Oh, sure. So if you had a breech baby, seeing a chiropractor, even just for one adjustment, could turn your baby and there was like a quote on the Webster technique certification website that I was reading uh, where they said, if you're only going to get two adjustments in your life, it should be right before you give birth and after you give birth. It
4: makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I um, mean, just the way they explained and I, we did a kind of a, <laughs> I almost flew off the handle on a little rant last week when we got into it and started talking about it, but um. Basically, every subluxation that's in your spine, or in it's going to put a damper on your central nervous system. So, in the case of a pregnant lady, you got, say, subluxations down low, your nerve endings are coming out, going to baby, and the signal is either totally blocked or at best kind of fuzzy. And so, your baby gets all sideways, it gets comfortable, your body's kind of stuck, your muscles aren't really at full motion, so all those natural abilities that the body has to A, be aware of what's going on, and B, to correct anything that's misaligned or uh, that shouldn't be there, you're just not getting the signal from your brain to do that. And in most cases, your brain doesn't even get the signal that something's wrong until things are way too late.
0: Yeah. I think that any good childbirth class at this point in time should recommend... Um, a chiropractor, especially uh, one that's certified with the Webster technique. Um, I still
4: also think it's just irresponsible not to be like adjusting vaginal birth babies right away.
0: <laughs> they were, they convinced you on that 95, yeah, per- 95
4: percent, dude. Ninety five percent have a misaligned axis. Well, think about vaginally- how you come out. I know yeah, it's head like head first,
0: you- sideways, and then you got to turn your head and <laughs> I mean get your body out. I mean, they it, kinda, it
4: blows my mind. Trust me, because I know how big a baby's head is, and also pretty aware of you know how big the vagina is.
0: Yeah, and it stretches and to accommodate.
4: It does stretch to accommodate, but whoa.
0: But like the pelvic area, like your pelvis, yep. that freaks me out.
4: Your pelvic floor.
0: Yeah, just like making sure that the pelvis is gonna separate enough, but your body takes care of it. Yeah, it doesn't the? the
4: it's the tendons right there that get really soft, right? Or the cartilage? I guess. Between Biology your hips.
0: is not my forte. It's wild. I just trust my body. That's why you body. get like the
4: granny hips when you're going into labor, because it's fully, <laughs> it's at its softest.
0: That's a, like that granny hips.
4: So you're all wobbly because your hip structure is like super soft so that it can expand. Because your whole skeleton even has to widen out a bit for that thing to go through. It's a big old baby, man.
0: Yeah. Full size baby. Little lady.
4: And humans don't even, we, we give birth to a, a slightly underdeveloped baby oh. compared to most mammals.
0: Yeah, babies are worthless. They'll just, I mean, you put them down, they're going to stay right where you left them. Most can't first. even pick their heads up, yeah. No, newborns? And they're like little aliens. I did. That's freaky.
4: Yeah, they said that I was a weirdo, that I like picked my head up and looked around the room.
0: That would scare me if I, <laughs> I looked at my baby, and the baby like, lifted its head and observed. I'd be Dwarf. like, oh, man, it's an alien. <laughs> what happened? You never know, man. <laughs> it was that corkscrew they put in your head, Spence. <laughs> they <laughs> gave you superpowers.
4: <laughs> Cyberwolf.
0: Oh, let's head behind the curtain. Yeah, that's a secret. But on like our way, I'll just uh, share with the boys. If you're new here, our first pregnancy, I saw a chiropractor throughout the whole time, the whole pregnancy, and um, she was not Webster Technique certified, though. Mm. So it was just like general chiropractic care, not pregnancy specific, which I think is interesting because when they uh, these chiropractors have been hitting spots that I'm like, oh, that is exactly where you need to be hitting me that I never got from the old chiropractor. But I also miss you know, like the string of pops that you get when they sure. start at the shoulders and then go halfway <laughs> down and then let's hit your TMJ, too, with the activator. Like, I don't get all that. They're just doing Webster technique and being super gentle. But, you know, I'm interested. I think that they're... Uh, I like their philosophy and um oh, yeah. trusting them for they're my whole body wellness.
4: Great people.
0: But, yeah, that first pregnancy, I had... I guess an orgasmic childbirth at home, a home birth, it was so easy. <laughs> like, I can't oh. even tell you. And it was fun, and I just laughed the whole time. I had like We had a good time. Spence is my doula, you know? And uh, I called the midwife when I thought it was, like, getting, you know, close to time. She was like, oh, how close are you? I was like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the contractions are pretty intense now, but... I'm all right. And she came and she's like, oh, it, baby's right there. <laughs> and so then I was just like, oh, she was like, all you have to do is give one little push. And then that was it. <laughs> and I know, then the, our first daughter was born.
4: Our our daughter was born within 20 minutes of the midwife getting there. Maybe less. Way less. Maybe 10.
0: Yeah, but I think she like said hi to like your parents and stuff on the way in, and <laughs> made her way to our bedroom. Yep, it was awesome. And then our second birth um, was also home birth, natural, just like the first. And the first one was twenty one hours of labor altogether, um, only like three of which had any sort of like discomforting pain from the contractions. The second birth was six hours in total, with. Probably three hours of pain, but this this one I would actually like put into a pain category because I had pain in my back.
5: Yeah. And I was
0: not receiving chiropractic adjustments then. You had broken your ankle. No no I'm not placing any blame on you by the way, but it was just an unfortunate set of circumstances. It definitely added stress to my pregnancy because You broke your ankle. Then we got the snowstorm from hell, which was all that heavy, wet snow. Took down the power lines. We had no power for three days. And you were like, we need to just go somewhere that has power, you know take care of ourselves i had to shovel out of the driveway seven months pregnant and um our daughter had already dropped so like her head was like in my pelvis while i was shoveling i remember i kept like tapping her head and i was like it's okay we're gonna get through this i'm almost done i'm halfway done with the driveway (laughs) and then um yeah and so then that birth was just a little bit tougher but way shorter you know six hours i'm so i'm grateful that it was Short, I guess. But I remember after that, I was like, I will never not see a chiropractor while I'm pregnant because that was just a huge difference. And that's the only difference in my care, you know? So here we are. Back in the are. chiropractor game. Yeah. Ready for another home birth.
4: Well adjusted and everything's in the right place.
0: This baby, though, uh keeps laying like transverse, just sideways, straight across my stomach. <laughs>
4: cheeky little one
0: the girls they would like do that and then spin around like they just move all over the place this little guy
4: he seems to like it sideways he just wants there. to
0: lay sideways hmm. and like the girls would put their feet in my ribs and that was super uncomfortable and i'd have to like move around all the time nothing is uncomfortable about this for either of us you know like i'm <laughs> yeah. like he's comfy i'm comfy
4: he's just got his feet back kicking it
0: but when you are you're out the third trimester you know you start thinking about like you know you gotta like you gotta get in position little man like
4: Head down, brother.
0: Yeah, exactly. So,
4: Got stuff to do soon. I
0: trust there's time. Yeah. And it'll all work itself out.
4: There will definitely be time.
0: Yeah. So, in Oregon, now that we're behind the curtain, we oh, can yeah. talk about all the fun stuff.
4: Spark one up.
0: The governor just announced the appointment of 17 members to the first of its kind advisory board, which is going to facilitate the implementation of measure 109 which voters approved to legalize psilocybin mushrooms for therapeutic uses
4: wow All right.
0: yeah 17 members on this advisory board hell of a job
4: stream time over (laughs) there in Oregon
0: Uh, they'll be working with the Oregon health authority and stakeholders to create the program's regulations and that's the first in the country this is a step in the right direction for mushrooms (laughs) no doubt uh, so. It's a step
2: in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all.
0: Yes, they'll be analyzing research, um, and you know, I guess they have a month or so. Let's see, they have to report their findings by June thirtieth to the Oregon Health Authority okay. That's with like their a research findings, um, and then the health authority has to publish those findings a month later for the public. Um, They must have rules created for the program by December 2022. And then in January 2023, license applications will start to be accepted.
4: I really love the people's immediate reaction to people are like, the, the ones that are just not okay with any of this stuff going legal at all. They're just immediately always like, Oh, there's just gonna be a bunch of people running around on mushrooms. <laughs> and I love that kind of reaction because that is a naive reaction that does not take into account how many people right now are <laughs> running around as on we mushrooms. speak are running around on mushrooms, goofed out of their minds. Seriously. So you know, I mean it's like it's not just it's not gonna create something that doesn't exist.
0: No, it'll But
4: it, it does give a pathway of, you know, safety and actual good health practices for you to be able to, you know, it actually creates a better version or a better situation for people, believe it or not.
0: Um, the guided trips have always been so interesting to me when you see medical research being done on the therapeutic uses of any psychedelic. Um, I remember one with mushrooms. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was mushrooms. The lady was a cigarette smoker and she had tried hypnosis and all sorts of different things. Couldn't quit. And then she had a guided uh, mushroom meditation. And she talked about feeling like the ceiling was closing in on her. And then everything, there was like black smoke everywhere. And she felt like she was suffocating. <laughs> and by the time the guided trip was through, she was like, I'm not I'm not smoking cigarettes anymore. Like, I can remove them and improve the quality of my life. It's just like, hell yeah.
4: Well, the nice thing about a good psychedelic trip is while you're in that state, your brain is so mutable and it's so incredibly easy to rewire everything. And some of those changes, it's almost like a chiropractic adjustment in a way, but a mental. And some of those changes you make will stay there, you know. So if you go into it with a game plan, first of all, and second of all, kind of know what you're aiming for and make that, you know, especially if you're like, you're saying a guided trip, if somebody's there to provide you help and ask you the right questions and give you the right inspiration on the way, it'd be super beneficial. Yeah. I mean, that, that was how I learned to contact juggle at first, uh, it was just one night I tripped because I'd gotten this fushigi ball for Christmas and, uh, one night I was tripping and had it and it felt. Like, the, the gravity that the ball had felt like a magnet onto all of my limbs. Like, it just felt magnetic. Like, it was just sticking to me. Like, it was hard almost to drop the thing. Whoa. It was pretty crazy. I actually, now that I think about it, it wasn't this Fushigi ball. Because the first one I ever got got just cracked and spiderwebbed all to shit because of how many times I ended up dropping it eventually. And this one doesn't really have any cracks in it at all.
0: I think that one might have been a thrift score.
4: I think you might be right about that. Thrift score. Thrift score.
0: We want to hear about yours. 816-607-3663. That's right. Leave us a voicemail. And we
4: do have some voicemails. Boxes filling up.
0: Cool. I've got a lot of drug news or weed news mostly. Yeah. But
4: Once we get through the weed news, we'll go voicemail. Voicemail. Style. Sounds
0: good. Um, we were talked about a bill in New Mexico for a safe injection facility last week on episode 69. And I thought it was interesting. I saw this story this week. uh, Charleston, West Virginia's harm reduction survey draws 33% responses from first responders. So they sent out like, you know, 330 of these surveys asking first responders what they thought about, um their needle exchange programs that they have going. Sure. And, uh, you know, like 113, I guess it said, responded um, with an overwhelming opposition to it. Interesting. Um, 23 of those folks reported being stuck by a needle on the job.
4: Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um,
0: they also talked about, you know, um, how about, like, instead of promoting illegal activities by carrying these needles around on us and being required to just hand them out to people, you know it's like let's start treating this more like a health problem. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't the way to do it was what a lot of them were saying.
4: No doubt. I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Um so these first responders, do you know if it was like a mixture of cops and EMTs or if it was and pro- it maybe, was maybe firemen,
0: police officers, firefighters, and public ground employees.
4: Public ground employees, interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what that means.
4: I've not heard that term, but it is interesting because I remember when we, when Live PD was still on, we watched a lot of that, and that was like a go-to question that you saw asked on, on just about every arrest when they're starting oh. to pat people down. Yeah. Anything they're gonna? Anything. Is there anything in there that's gonna poke or stick me? And they. Especially if they have a, you know, these guys, they develop an instinct and they do notice patterns. Um, You can talk a lot about profiling, but there's also kind of just certain things that are obvious when you see signs of drug use or like maybe guys see, you know, tracks in your arm. uh, There's not that many ways to get tracks in your arm. Yeah. And so you kind of just guys get an eye for that kind of thing if they've been doing that job for a while. So when they ask a guy, is there anything going to poke or stick me? And sometimes they'll say no or avoid it or hesitate. They'll just know, like, this guy's lying to me. He's got something. And I I watched an episode where a guy did get poked while he's just reaching in a pocket. (laughs) And, dude, that's fucking gross, dude.
5: Yeah.
4: It's extra gross. And so I understand, like, it's hard to be on the receiving end of that kind of action and then turn around and say, oh, yeah, but, you know, if you're you're nodding off on heroin, like, I've got the Narcan. They make me carry the Narcan. I got to bring it back. Like, I think, I agree that they should bring you to a medical professional that's going to bring you back, you know, and quickly, like immediately, but there's other ways to do that. These programs are right for the abuse. I think Narcan (laughs) should be in your hands. You should just have that. If you use heroin, then you do the fucking Narcan. You know, you have the needle on you, man. This is your fucking bag. This is your habit, and that's fine. Like, I'm a proponent of everybody should do what they want to do and I also don't think people should do heroin. I know I've known a lot of people who have lost their lives to heroin, struggled with heroin over time. I've never done it myself. I just never was about it. I've seen it maybe two times in my life. And I was just like always against that personally, but I don't like I don't think less of people if they do that. I still love people, you know. I have close friends who have been in and out of that. And some of them who have even gotten away from it, which is nice. But, uh, it, you know, it's something that can destroy it for sure. And if you're going to be the guy that's doing that to yourself, you should also be responsible for keeping your ass alive if you take it too far. Not the police. You can't rely on the police to be doing that.
0: Yeah, you have to carry your own
4: responsibility And I, yourself. you wouldn't even want the police to be the ones doing that. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Oh. So, So you're a guy and... You, you're ODing and you probably got a fucking kit on you. And then you got to go seek out a police officer. Hello, stupid. What's that going to lead to? I don't know, man. I think that, I think that cops having them on it just doesn't work out for the jobs that the cops do versus what the, what the Narcan is for. It's a medical situation and cops are not medics. We have EMTs, we have firemen. Maybe you can say, yeah, ambulances should have that shit. That makes, yeah. that makes sense, because typically in those situations, ambulances are just a squawk away on the walkie or already in that headed in that direction from the beginning sometimes when there's an emergency call.
0: All of these surveys asked um, if, them to comment if they see discarded syringes um, around the city, and they all were just an overwhelming, they're all over the place, they're in playgrounds, they're in places where we really don't want them to be. Yeah. Um, and so this program hasn't combated that at all, which the needle exchange program is supposed to. You're supposed to bring your dirty needles and get clean ones, right. you know, an even trade. But apparently it's not an even trade. Apparently they do have, like, needle give-out events because a lot of the comments also were saying, let's just permit one-for-one one needle exchange. Like, it has to be an exchange. Don't just give them out to people. Yeah, and you're then, just
4: creating a big-ass supply.
0: Because of the improper disposal... That people are that these uh, first responders are seeing, mm-hmm. they said, "I think we should put a <laughs> barcode on them and be able to trace down to exactly <sighs> whose needle it is." Because yeah. when when someone gets injured, they will know want to know who to go after.
4: <laughs> and I I'm mean, like, can you imagine the can of worms that opens up? No, <laughs> like, it never should have got to this point. That's, it Never should have got to this point. Right? Like, if you're if you're stabbing yourself to get high, that's pretty fucking desperate. But you shouldn't accidentally stab anybody else along the way that's just not acceptable there's certain lines that you just don't cross you know it's about a personal responsibility and a violation of other people's sovereignty do what you want to yourself
0: yeah but don't jab me
4: but if you leave it in the park that's just fucking ignorant it just makes the whole world we live in worse yeah we're trying to make this whole place better
0: some of the surveys suggested putting out biohazard disposal units, and all I could think of was like the allure to <sighs> no, those no, no. You're gonna, for people. They're who... going to get
4: smashed and robbed. Right?
0: Dude. Exactly. People will steal the dirty needles. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Because
4: they're fucking. Which is up.
0: gross, but like,
4: it's nasty, and you can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. You just can't.
0: So, they uh, sent out this survey um, to get an idea for some legislation that they're trying to cook up for alternatives to, uh, you know, different types of harm reduction programs. That's what they call these these sorts of facilities and um, programs, harm reduction. It's like, oh, is it really reducing harm or creating more?
4: Yeah, I mean, so, the unintended consequences. I just don't think, you know, for the whole idea behind it and to pass it was to, you know have a healthier option for people who were already heavy addicts but definitely it's, it's not necessarily creating that and it is also heavily contributing to more unhealthy addicts for any that it does happen to make better you know because the supply just shoots up now it's easier to get a needle so now it's easier to do heroin that's not where we want to be at you know
0: just legalized poppies already. If you had a legal market
4: for it, in a, you know, a way that people were not rewarded for being bad and punished for doing good or something, you know? I mean, right now, it's just so topsy-turvy.
0: Yeah. I think it's safe to say this is not working. No, the no The programs doubt. they have in place. No doubt. Oh, and over the pond... A 33-year-old man was charged with drug offenses. That's a very general term. But <laughs> after the discovery of a weed farm in Bradford, England, mm. um, you know how they discovered this farm? How's that? Thermal imaging cameras.
4: Ooh. I bet it was big.
0: 500 plants. Holy shit. Two floors in six rooms.
4: Yeah, that's big.
0: Yeah. His court date was last Saturday. So... Eh, uh, thirty three. Thirty three. Not I the place to be.
4: he have been reeling them <laughs> in, man.
0: Yeah, uh, Mexico is taking a step closer to having an adult use market. Their lower chamber voted three hundred sixteen to one hundred twenty nine in favor of recreational legislation. Nice. And um, I guess housemakers or housemakers, yeah, house lawmakers changed some of the language of the bill so mm-hmm. now it's going back to the senate for reconsideration
4: i really think that adult use legal in mexico would be a enormous blow to cartels down there and it's already been a squeeze on them for the u.s legal market where it's at but yes when it's legal and then you're have licensed like commercial growers in mexico like that's gonna change a lot
0: I agree. And it's like, okay, U.S. is already bordered by Canada, yep. who's got legal, legal goodness,
4: mm-hmm. and then
0: we're down here with our state-to-state nonsense, <laughs> trying, just struggling. One but then state if at a time, baby. if we're sandwiched between another legal market, like, come on.
4: Yeah. Well, that's the funny really thing, a too, is those two countries, until super recently, were the main supply for the U.S. market, you know. That's true. So it's been a weird, uh, it's been a weird decade or two.
0: Yeah. Did you get my clips I sent you? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Play. Um, not
8: the first one. That second one. I mo weed. Mo weed. Yeah. Bianca Sullivan and her husband Rob opened the first medical marijuana dispensary in the Kansas City area. Now they want to expand to the recreational market. We're all for the full legalization. Of marijuana, and that nobody goes to jail for it, and it's not a crime. The Sullivans are helping write a petition to put a constitutional amendment on the 2022 ballot. It's the same way medical marijuana was approved. Once you have a certain amount of signatures, um, you know, per a certain amount of districts, you can get it on the ballot." There's also legislation in the Missouri State House to legalize marijuana, but a constitutional amendment may be easier and faster to get approved. The Constitution trumps the laws that the legislature makes because the people spoke. The issue is not without controversy. While some advocates say legalization would reduce crime, KCPD Chief Rick Smith isn't convinced. In a 2019 blog post, he cited a report from the Midwest High Intensity Drug Trafficking Area, saying in some states, violent crime, Property crime, human trafficking, and marijuana-related traffic deaths increased after legalization.
3: I do not believe that there's been a parade of horribles that some people suggest.
8: Kansas City Mayor Quinton Lucas says the increased tax revenue for the state and city can't be ignored. Recreational marijuana could face a 13% tax on top of city sales tax, with 3% going to local governments.
5: I'll just say it this way. It's a hell of a lot better for us to have tax revenues for marijuana rather than spending tax revenues to try to continue a somewhat unhelpful, uh, unsuccessful
4: drug war against marijuana.
8: The decision could soon be in the hands of Missouri voters. That's right. Wow. 2022. Nice. Time to show them in the
0: show me state. Recreational market for the win.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I couldn't believe we didn't just go straight wreck, honestly.
4: Uh, we 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 were positioned to be able to, but they just out, you know.
0: So, these dispensary owners owned the first dispensary that opened, uh, up in the Northland, Fresh Greens, mm-hmm. and they're both lawyers.
4: Oh, okay. Which I thought was
0: pretty interesting. Um. So, yep. Start gathering those signatures and hope that Missouri doesn't steal playbooks that we've seen in some other states that are trying to. Uh, you know, overturn the will of the people right. with the the highest court.
4: Yeah, that's dirty tricks, man. But
0: not high enough
4: court, clearly.
0: <laughs> but we have a, uh, you know, some allies. Um, Republican Representative Shamed Dogan has filed a recreational bill here in Missouri. Hell yeah. Um, and it would um automatically expunge nonviolent weed offenses and release nonviolent um weed uh, offenders, (laughs) people who are currently serving time for nonviolent weed charges, it would just automatically release them. So, yeah, and he also wants to... to... It's a step in the right direction after all. It is. He also wants to uh, pretty much remove the licensing caps, you know, free the market. (laughs) That would be super helpful. Yeah.
4: Because there's a lot of people suing for you know, not making it in the license uh, race. And those are going to, you know, they're not really going to go anywhere.
0: No. And now other markets that have recreational are talking about capping THC. We brought this up last week over a Florida bill. But now Colorado, Montana, and Washington have hopped on this train that's calling for THC caps.
4: Oh, boy.
0: Uh, it's crazy, you know? And then you're starting to see these old arguments coming back up. It's not your parents' pot. It's like, it's a plant. It yeah, naturally no, taps wh- out around 30% ADHD. It's
4: not the parents' pot because it's better pot. The pot has gotten better. It'd be like if they were on this campaign to ban specialty coffee because it's too caffeinated and it's too well-roasted and it's too tasty and it's grown too well. It's just too potent of coffee. We need to all be drinking that bullshit Folgers Maxwell House (laughs) pre-ground bullshit that you can get at the grocery store.
0: No. 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 And look at alcohol. I can go buy Everclear right now. Everclear,
4: right? Yeah. Come on.
0: So, yeah, the caps are just nonsensical. Mm. And I'm surprised that more and more people are pushing for them.
4: The caps on THC are anti-science. And, frankly, it's disgusting.
0: Well, the FDA has, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, dronabinol. Yeah, dronabinol, I think. D-R-O-N-A-B-I-N-O-L. That's 100% THC. And uh, Schedule 3, you know, remarkably safe profile. 100% THC. FDA. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) So... No, well, we'll watch and see, you know, it drive people and patients back to the black market to get, you know, the products they need to actually treat their pain or whatever they're going through. So, it's well, just crazy.
4: The problem is all of these legislatures uh, legislate in a way that assumes that the public cannot take care of itself. And as they act with that mindset, they literally legally decentivize the public from caring for itself. They put decentivizations baked into law so that it's either illegal or expensive to take care of yourself because they want to do it for you in their own fucked up way. It's incredible. You have to be
0: dependent, slave. You don't (laughs) make money off independent radicals. You know, like the bowlers here in the bowl.
4: Yeah, you know.
0: Anyway, Mississippi, their house killed a Senate bill that would have, um, Created an alternative to the medical program voters approved in November, oh. so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, they were trying to
4: so I guess that, make their own. That's a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good thing. And then, um, oh, I have another clip for you okay. to load up. But in Nebraska, um, legislative bill four seventy four was heard last Wednesday in a committee meeting. And the governor had a news conference with, guess who, smart approaches to marijuana. Oh, Sam, <laughs> they're back <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the <no>. news.
4: <laughs> I can't wait to hear this.
5: So, so this is a dangerous drug that will impact our kids. If you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. That's what the data shows from around <laughs> the country. And that's why it's dangerous to go around established process we have to determine whether or not drugs are safe and effective. And why legalizing marijuana and going around the regulatory process to keep people safe is dangerous and going to harm our kids.
4: Oh, brother. Yeah. You're trying to fuck with us.
0: <laughs> That's Governor Ricketts.
4: Oh, my God. At
0: that thing, And of course we've reported on him before talking about the dangers. The any, reefer madness era. Any fucking
4: grown adult man who will stand at a microphone and say, if we legalize marijuana, it's gonna kill your kids, like that man just did, needs to be dope-slapped up at the back of the head. Just just one of them good, strong, firm doop-whack. Dude. (laughs) That kind of talk is irresponsible. Unequivocally false and totally irresponsible. We need a dope-slap for the dear governor, uh... I need a dope slap. I was going to say, we
0: need a dope slap on the soundboard.
4: You know whose dope slap uh, is the Car Talk guys. Click and clack, the Tappet Brothers, you know?
0: Ah, the Car Talk guys.
4: The dope slap.
0: I haven't heard them in a long time. But yeah, he uh, went on to tell these stories about uh, young men who ingested THC before committing suicide. And all all I could think was like how, you know, THC stays in your system so long, and I was like, oh, yeah. they just threw it in there. They ingested the THC, and then they killed themselves. No. No. Well, <laughs> Likely n- not.
4: Probably not, but also maybe, right? I mean, if you were going out, would you just, If like, you were going out and burn blaze last a glory. Bowl?
0: sure. Yeah. It
4: doesn't really mean anything, though. It's it's totally uncausing. No. You know?
0: But don't you dare say that the suicide was caused by the lockdowns no. and COVID-19 and all that no, shit. No, you no, know? definitely not that. So... Oh, and so um, there's, um, yeah, they're they're you know arguing against this legislative bill that would uh, create a medical program. God forbid they have a medical program.
4: <laughs> oh, no, we can't do that.
0: <laughs> oh, and None
4: of this is good.
0: Thanks, Sir Oma, for uh, keeping me updated with all the Nebraska goodies. Oh my gosh, Governor Ricketts, rickety cricket.
6: Yeah,
4: that's that kind of thing just makes you angry. When yeah, you, when you hear that shit, just so ignorant.
0: Uh, Rhode Island has a Senate bill introduced to create a recreational market. You know, to help out even they got medical, but let's take it full wreck. And the governor Dan McKee has proposed a recreational market um, in his budget, his 2022 budget. Oh, so
4: he's ready to get it rolling, huh? Yes, I noticed he had a. 25 license <laughs> yeah i know road i know roadie's pretty small but 25 just seems even smaller than small but
0: yeah 25 and five set aside for uh, minority business enterprises they had a that was their definition for the social equity was minority not we've seen in a lot of other states they talk about those um you know
4: Directly affected Directly by Directly
0: affected by the war on drugs. Yeah. Those who have either had charges or are the children of people who've had drug charges. Um, so. In New Mexico, a recreational bill made it out of another committee that v- voted in favor of it. House Bill 12. All right. So, um, there was all... I guess the committee also passed a Senate bill that was another legalization bill without, um... Social equity provisions in it.
4: Gotcha. Like so the there's House bill. Two versions.
0: Yes, and it needs one more committee to vote on it before the Senate will take it up. So
4: seems to have legs so far. It's moving. Big hopes. It's
0: moving. Um, in Wisconsin, a senator has introduced Assembly Bill One Thirty to reduce fines for possession up to ten gram grams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reducing fines for possession up to ten grams here. From a thousand dollars to a hundred dollars. Oh. And it also eliminates the six months imprisonment that can come under current law.
4: Oh well that's nice. So jeez. They don't lock you up for six months now. And it's only a hundred bucks. Yeah. That's a classic version of uh
2: It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all.
4: Just a sliver of freedom, here you go.
0: There was a lot of banter too because the Wisconsin governor um, is putting wreck in his state budget. So recreational recommendations, I suppose. Gotcha. People, uh other politicians were not happy with that <laughs> move.
4: Well, I mean <laughs> seems foolish to ignore it at this point. You gotta Seriously? have you gotta have a budget and you gotta have that going. It's an it's an important part of a modern state economy right now.
0: Hawaii Senate voted to approve two separate reform bills, sending both to the House for further consideration. Um, Their 2019 legislation dropped penalties for possession up to 3 grams to a $130 fine. So um, one of the Senate bills increases that decriminalization threshold to 30 grams and provides procedures for the courts to grant an expungement order to those previously convicted of possession offenses. And the other Senate bill would legalize and regulate an adult market in the state.
4: Cool. Well, we hope that one passes. Man, can you imagine the three gram decrim? Three grams? (laughs) Oh, bro, I can't go nowhere without one three grams on me. (laughs) Come on, man.
0: Three. I know. That's
4: the stingiest decrim threshold I've ever heard. And I was just
0: laughing about the 10 grams in Wisconsin. Then you go to Hawaii. <laughs> you, can put three,
4: you can put three grams in a blunt, dude. Like, Easy. it'll be a big blunt, but it's not hard.
0: No. In Ohio, the Supreme Court has told state regulators that they can't ignore applications to expand medical cultivation facilities. So um, this group, Fire Rock, submitted an application to double their operation from 3,000 to 6,000 square feet. And I guess that uh, state regulators were just going to ignore it. And they cited um, an Ohio law that prohibits cultivators for, from submitting an expansion application on their own initiative. But the Supreme Court called that a flawed legal theory. I would hope so. It <laughs> <So, laughs> seems
4: like a bullshit argument. Well, you can't submit an application... For, on your own behalf, yeah. For, for your own business. Well, who the fuck what? am I going to submit for?
0: I was like, well, this is a good precedent to set. It, uh, to set because yeah. yeah, that seemed like common sense to me.
1: It's but- just
4: chicken shit. You have a licensure process, and so you go through the application and you do it the the legal way that you assholes set up. And then they're like, oh, we were just going to totally let that sit there and not act on it.
0: <laughs> you, yeah. What the fuck?
4: Do your job.
0: Seriously and it's crazy too because right now their medical program suffers from huge product shortages and so their prices are super high. It's like come on, let's get this market moving let's make more money for everyone. People are gonna spend more money gonna rake in more tax money. <laughs> uh, good news for South Dakota. can you believe this? their voter approved medical program is very likely to be implemented now because lawmakers in both the chambers couldn't compromise on their measure that was going to delay the legalization and regulation development.
4: Yes! Yes! That feels so good. Nice.
0: Yes. Now, of course, there's still a fight for the recreational market, um, which was shot down in the circuit court but um, the people who put the petition together for Amendment A and their backers have filed their first arguments to the South Dakota Supreme Court. Cool. So, wait and see.
4: Yeah, they got to get their shit passed, man.
0: Yeah.
4: Especially after all this big talk from their governor of uh, all this freedom and shit, you know? Like, hey, you can't be a hypocrite when it comes to cannabis law and when it comes to, you know how weed works, the weed economy.
0: Come on, Christy.
4: Be a big freedom, free market, libertarian type lady and then, you know, flex your political muscle against a voter-approved initiative to legalize. We see you. We see you talking out of both sides of your mouth there.
0: Yeah, don't don't use Nebraska's playbook on this stuff. Either. No way. Come on, no. Christy, you're this better is, than that.
4: This is <laughs> n- really no different from the anti-lockdown stance an anti-prohibition stance lines up perfectly politically and logically with that anti-lockdown stance
0: i think so maybe she just needs to hear that from someone you know maybe no one's taking the time to reach out
4: (laughs) oh it's incredibly likely i mean like i said last week our movement has been really poor at how to frame this as a conservative issue specifically libertarian yeah We've talked about that since the beginning. Liberal, duh. The compassion and the, you know, all good things. Where's the conservative (laughs) argument? Hello. It's right there in your face. This is definitely also a conservative issue. Hell yeah. It's a full political spectrum issue.
0: And our bipartisan support here in Missouri proves it. I agree, yeah. So, okay, so 10 days ago, recreational sales started in Arizona. In just those 10 days, they have made $2.9 million. And their application deadline for uh, 13 more licenses was today. Nice. They received 377 applications for those 13 licenses.
4: Imagine having to pick the winners and losers of that kind of
0: Get this. Each application had a Mm non-refundable $25,000 fee attached to it. Yep. I mean, just the application process, and they're raking it in.
4: That's how we. That's how they had here. I mean, vastly.
0: Yes, and similarly. There's a vast over
4: over application of, of applicants.
0: Yeah, who all put down money.
4: None of those fees are refundable, and they're all like twenty five k plus. You know? yeah, like those are the. That's where they start.
0: They also have to prove that they have five hundred thousand dollars in liquid assets per license. So if one company is applying for five licenses, you yeah, know. $2.5 million, little man. Where is it? Prove you got it.
4: That's, that's a really gross part of it because there's so many people that could go from mom and pop to successful, but they're cut out because they don't have a half a million dollars in a bank account somewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's a hop on that the social equity train there. The social equity was written into um, their Prop 207 Okay. That gave them this legal market. And it specifies that 26 licenses have to be awarded later in the year to social equity applicants. But they don't have a definition or anything for it. Um, the Department of Health Services is tasked with crafting the rules for the program, and they don't have a deadline. So <laughs> stick their thumb up their bum. You <laughs> Eventually know, and, it'll get done. Who on. knows? But um, actually, a senator introduced a bill that would place a December 31st, 2021 deadline on them.
4: I mean, they got to put some and, kind of deadline. Otherwise, they're going to wind up like them dicks in Ohio. Just like, oh, we'll, we'll just won't do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and also in the Senate bill, it's like he gave them some ideas, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for those applicants, it would cap the fee for the application at $2,500, but maintain the liquidity requirement of $500,000. And I was just like, man, what if you want to wait till you get the license to buy your space, like, you know, where you're going to operate?
4: I mean, where's the, I mean, I know that it takes a somewhat of an investment, but why does that all have to be liquid? Like, if you have the equipment mm. to produce cannabis, but you don't have a bunch of cash money laying around, but you have, like, the tools to do it, why would you be discriminated against in that way? That's the part I don't understand.
0: Hmm, why, indeed? <laughs> the Senate bill also suggests that seven licenses go to companies that are at least 40% owned by a nonprofit for the past five years. So hmm. I was like, hmm, okay. And then um, they also have to meet four out of five or four out of eight specified programs to communities that are disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. And then 19, the other 19 licenses would go to individuals or companies that are at least 25% owned by an individual that have been impacted by the war on drugs. So, I mean, at least that's, like, some guidelines. I was kind of surprised that Prop 207 didn't have it written in, like, can't put that power in the... You know, Department of Health Services hands.
4: Right, yeah, you got to get it figured out. Yeah. Spelled out. Anything you leave open to them, that's going to be destroyed.
0: Colorado topped $10 billion in sales since their program launched in 2014. Yeah. Recession proof industry. It's true. And 2020 was a record year for them with $2.19 billion in sales, a 25% increase over 2019.
4: Yeah, sales picked up. People were at home.
0: Michigan's following their laws, spending $20 million of the recreational tax revenue toward medical research.
4: Oh, very cool.
0: So that was written into their law.
4: Get even more of that research that (laughs) there's not enough of.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
4: There isn't very much research.
0: In their law, there is a focus on veterans. Which is similar to Missouri's yeah, medical we, program.
4: Our tax uh, revenue from medical goes into a veterans fund.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is plenty of research out there, especially from Israel, <laughs> who's been using it medical for a very long time yep. and doing all these trials. But, you know, I figure that's where you want to put $20 million. Well, people <laughs> want to
4: say ignorant shit all the time. It isn't true. And that's why pe- other people believe it, you know? Like the like the Dick in Nebraska, say your kids will oh, die. You know, you're
0: gonna kill your kids by legalizing it. If oh, I make can't it get legal, over it. Your
4: kids will die. <sighs> your children will die. Um, you don't want your children to die, do you? Jesus Christ, get out of my face with that shit.
0: Yeah, hobnobber. California is awarding 15 million in cannabis social equity grants trying to establish uh, social equity programs in some places and then providing loans or grants for entrepreneurs in cities that already have their programs established. And, uh, you know, maybe they can send some of their money over to the companies that are struggling to track their seed to sales. Oh, yeah. They had a system outage with their statewide tracking program. I guess uh, several times now. Uh, <laughs> lasting up Sounds to nine fantastic. hours at a time. Probably business hours.
4: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Um, they, the, I hated
4: seed to sale from the very beginning, man.
0: Yeah, well, the state contracts with a Florida-based um, company, Merck, who I thought was worth mentioning also has contracts in 15 other states, mm-hmm. plus Washington, D.C., for this, like, seed to sale tracking. Um, these California companies, some of them are having to hire manual data entry workers uh, to, you know, just manually input all this information that should just beep boop in when you scan the product or what whatever. What a pain in the
4: ass. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Uh, the company Merck says that they and their API were never offline. Um, and they blamed third-party software that weed companies are using for compliance, which they say can't communicate with their database through the API.
4: Hmm. Oh, well, yeah. It's That's, the, There's no way it's their fault.
0: Right. Yeah, no. throw Toss the blame back somewhere else. And then... Uh, I just
4: hate seed to sale because it's just... It's pointless to get that meticulous about it. Now, I think that... <laughs> You should know where your weed is grown and how it's grown and what strain it was and when it was planted and all of that. like the more information you can have, the better. On
0: the packaging. It's
4: cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, but what? But the market should provide that. It shouldn't be required for everyone, and it's not always known. it's not always obvious. Like imagine at some point when you have labels fall off or get mixed up or switched to where now you't can you legally can't have this plant anymore because it's no longer tracked from the seed the sale. I mean, it's just stupid.
0: Yeah, well, and you know, with the way things are federally, don't really like the buyer being tracked. No. In my humble
4: opinion. No, no, stop tracking people. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. People and plants. Just let them live their lives. Peoples and plants.
0: Imagine all the people (laughs) growing all their plants.
4: Yeah. Um... We got some voicemails.
0: Ooh. I want to hear people's thrift score stories.
4: Here's our first one.
5: Hey, bowlers. Hey. This is Rick from down in Joplin. I figured I'd drop in and uh, give you a little one. Uh since, hey, Rick. Uh, you had that one about first time you were six nine, oh, yeah. I thought I'd go ahead and share mine. Everybody yeah. else seems to be. Uh, back in my younger days, I was dating a gal, but, uh, well, let's just say she played for both teams. Uh-huh. <laughs> And I knew it. It was right up front. I wasn't up, you know, I wasn't upset about it. So we got involved, but she was one of the top gals. She wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't go about sex normal way. There was no pain in the badge, you know. So <laughs> first time we ever got really hot and heavy and got nothing, uh, she went to work on me, and i would never had a gal do that thing before. So the first time she starts stabbing on the knob, Man, my toes come right until i up. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and uh, I thought I lost my damn mind, but I went to work on her. Well, let's just say, at 60, I was really good. It was good. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, I learned a lot with that girl. I did. Unfortunately, she decided she was going to go swing just one way, and it wasn't me. But it's still some good memories. And to this day, I can't smell Red Bear perfume or listen to the Depeche Mode without thinking about it. <laughs> oh. he really brings back some memories. Anyway, just thought I'd share that. In the bowl. In, In the, the bowl. Night. That's fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Night time>. <laughs> <laughs> Sixty-nine.
2: Sixty-nine, dudes.
4: Nice. Beautiful, Rick.
0: Yes, we love honoring retroactive first time I ever voicemails too.
4: Yeah that's what's awesome about a podcast It's like there's the live show and you can call in right now but there's also people listening down the line and they're like oh hell yeah I, this one I've got a great memory of the first time I ever and that's what they are just good memories and you know hanging out behind the curtain
6: spinning tails It's phone boy or whatever Google voice has decided to call me today. It got it uh, right! So the first time I ever got a thrift <laughs> score you know, the funny thing is I've never been, or maybe been to a thrift store a few times or, or, um, you know, what do you, what do you call it? A uh, Goodwill. But I actually grew up going to flea markets or, or swap meets or whatever the hell you want to call them, depending on what, what part of the country you're in. Um, but yeah, I grew up going to, yeah, to that. My, my mom was big on that and yard sales and all of that growing up. And we, you know, when, I, therefore I spent many a weekend out there, um, wandering around looking for stuff. I remember, Probably my best score, and this is and this is going back. And this is you know early '80s. I had managed to get an Intellivision video game system for a dollar, and I mean the the, the system, right? Wow. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and this was you know and they were you know a couple hundred bucks and you know new back then, I think, and you know to find one that was for a dollar, I'm like, oh, okay, hell yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it lasted a while. Um yeah, I, yeah, many of the things I had gotten over the, you know, just through my uh uh through growing up and stuff. Yeah, it it, it came from, you know, my cuz my my mom was poor, you know. Things things came from yard sales or or you know, and that's how we how made money too, right? And It's like, okay, you sold the stuff that you didn't need and you know, and we the, the, sort of the reduce, reuse, recycle thing, I think is really all about uh um, yeah, that's that's actually part of that process. And you know, I think we all have too much stuff and um, maybe hang on to it too long and unfortunately we we throw it out or you know i mean give it goodwill too i guess but um yeah we we all have too much stuff and we probably do better just buying you know something that somebody else had rather, rather than waste the, the plastic and the in and the, and the uh uh you know and all, or all the other resources on doing that but uh yeah you know consumerism and the <laughs> you know the big corporations have to make the money and uh you know not the little guy
5: but-
4: Boogity boogity, phone boy. This is the first time I got your name right. It's phone boy or whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Google voice nailed it.
4: Yep. They got it right finally. What was your first uh, big thrift score, Maureen?
0: Oh, my first one. I remember I got real hot and bothered by and just couldn't get out of the store fast enough (laughs) because... I could not believe what I was seeing. Was actually when I visited Missouri for the first time nice. to tour colleges. And I went to a like an antique mall. Um and it's just like a huge building with different booths. Uh, but no one manning the booths, you know. Just yep. different setups with uh people's goods.
4: Numbered tags. They
0: have the numbered tags, yep. So some booths can have sales and But either way, you bring it up to the front and they have to figure out who's getting that money (laughs) at the end. But this was an entire collection of Sears and Robux merry mushroom canisters from like the teeny, teeny, tiny one to the huge cookie jar. Uh, And they just wanted like $25 for like 10 plus Mary mushroom items. And I was just like, yep, I just grabbed the one with the tag and brought it up and then was like, I'll go get the rest very carefully now. <laughs> and then I will be leaving. <laughs> so that was awesome.
8: No yep. doubt.
0: Even though I didn't have a kitchen to use them in when I moved out here at first, but they're in my kitchen now. They just stayed in a box and somehow made it along the way. I did. I lost a few Mary mushroom canisters Um Along the journey <laughs> from then to now, but I've also found a lot more. Yeah. So the collection has expanded, and
4: yeah, they always stand out to me now because you've had so many of them around for so long.
0: Yes, and then the I have another one I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first one. That's a great but my, one. My my favorite one is also another mushroom story, where there was an estate sale back east, and there was I love okay I love all estate sales, and they're all like filled with treasure. But East Coast Estate Sales are just crazy, and I think it's because I've been removed from the East Coast for so long, you know, that, like, hearing people's accents and stuff is just so uh, charming to me. And, like, I feel so foreign (laughs) (laughs) when I go back. But anyways, all five, an entire set of the 60s Viking glass mushrooms in the color blue neek, I was just like, I don't care what you want to charge me for these. I'm leaving. They're just like, a buck a piece, five bucks. Yeah. Look for that set online, all five of them. No, you'll find the jumbo mushroom by itself for about 300 bucks. Or (laughs) you'll find like a little one for, you know, 50 usually. But the whole set, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) It just lives in my kitchen because I have a mushroom kitchen and I love mushrooms. Yep. So.
4: You got a great collection in there.
0: Yes. That's Those are my thrift scores. <laughs>
4: I think we got more thrift scores uh, in the voicemail. Box. All right,
0: let's hear them.
7: Hey there to all the bowlers there in the bowl. Uh, bowlers in know, the bowl. You know, I was calling to say, uh, I got a public service announcement for you.
4: Uh-oh.
7: It goes like this. Wear your mask <laughs> while you're walking down the street singing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very Please nice. Please wear your mask as you are a slave. In the bowl.
2: In the bowl, <laughs> In the
0: bowl. Well Epic.
2: done. <laughs> I love that. That was great. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good shit.
0: Oh, that brings me back to our laugh meetup promo.
4: Yeah, that was funny.
0: <laughs> oh,
4: the <laughs> mumble mask thing is great. That's a great gag. I love it. Love it. Fantastic work.
0: I don't think you're allowed in the bowl with a mask on, though. I'm going to be able to see your face.
4: You're allowed to do whatever, man. Ah. Just don't be creepy about it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, we might pull it off you if you get close, but just playfully, you know. We're not going to get all mad about it. Just... I won't
0: be able to understand what you're saying because I need to read your lips. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll we'll just get just... the nod from me. We'll just tug the mask oh and
4: they'll be
7: like... They're trying to fuck with us. <laughs> Hey, here's another oh, yeah. caller.
1: In the bowl. Dudorino. You know? In the Hi. bowl. Good evening. It's been a while since I called in. And I just can't resist the chance to congratulate you. It's so fucking awesome that you are now on the NA stream. Oh, thank you. I don't know exactly how many years of your lives you've dedicated to No Agenda, but it seems to be a lot, and very passionately you hold meetups and how much you love it and just how involved you are in the community and how much you seem to give. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you. Incredible. Congratulations.
4: Thanks, Chris. I'm proud of
1: you, and I, I hope you're proud of yourselves. You most certainly deserve it, and you've earned it. And um I hope that more people that are inclined to enjoy and contribute to the show will be attracted to it and exposed to it. Exposure. Yeah, you, you you like it when we're exposed, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and my mind didn't it immediately like go it when there. You exposed, too. <laughs> yeah.
4: Hey. Well,
1: I love you both enormously. And I just wanted to say that uh, you bring great joy to my week every week, and oh. you help keep me stable and focused and in higher spirits.
4: Cool, so, man. Yeah. Well, thanks.
1: Take care and smoke and toke up. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> oh, yeah.
7: Smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, take care.
4: Love you. Bye. Love you. Love Thanks for you. calling in. Oh, Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. You're too sweet, Quirkus. Just too sweet.
0: I'm speechless. Yeah. I'm so, that made me <laughs> so happy. Say? Now
4: I'm blushing. You've caught to me <laughs> blushing on live podcast radio. Yeah. I cannot have blushing.
0: Makes me feel good to know that the bowl can spark up some spirits.
4: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's just what we want to do, you know. It's it helps us too. It helps us cuz oh, you can sure. It's it's tough in these days, especially the past year to be really talking well, very freely about anything, you know. Corona or not corona, like you just can't talk about real stu- shit that's going on in a way that isn't going to trigger anybody unless you're going to a meet up like we host or unless you're going, you know, just listening and interacting with people and these weird podcast worlds, you know, just where people are like open-minded enough to explore concepts without just losing their absolute minds and, you know, disagreeing and nobody lines up. I've I've never met anybody ideologically who like lined up hundred percent with me. It's just everyone's, everyone's unique. It's true. But that's refreshing, man. We love, uh, we love that idea of, you know, just being, uh, another community out there. And a place where people can just come and be who they are, just be themselves. And get get the updates. Get the updates on the weed haps and thirty threes and shit, you know? Oh yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I'm being <laughs> stupid. You got me all flustered. Thank you, Corcass. You lovely, lovely.
2: I fucking love thrifting so much hell yeah that when i was out on tour i would make it a point of order to try and hit up as many thrift stores as i could in the town
4: yes the
2: first thing that i found in the thrift store that was of extreme merit it was a stack of vinyl and one of the many uh records that was in there was alice cooper's school's out record which when it came out at the time the, the whole setup for the album was supposed to look like a school desk, uh, a children's school desk. And the record sleeve was actually a pair of women's panties, uh, like this real kind of papery, super thin um, paper. And the state of California, I think they declared it a fire hazard, so they ended up recalling. But there was only uh, a couple hundred thousand of those records printed up that had Damn. the uh, underwear as the record sleeve Whoa. and that was like $3.75 <laughs> it's uh not the greatest of condition but it's still cool to have um other things that were in that stack was uh four led zeppelin albums Fuck Zoso, yeah. houses of the holy led zeppelin 2 and i forget the last one i mean utter pristine condition Yeah. you can pull the record out and it looks like it had never been played before. The Whoa. only issue is one one of these days I'm gonna find Lisa Blackwell. And I'm gonna be like Lisa, why the fuck you decide you gotta write your name and permanent marker on the <laughs> album covers? What the? Oh up, my bro? god,
4: that's crazy.
2: Uh, I've also found voodoo dolls in some bumfuck town, South Dakota, that a witch <laughs> was like, "Oh, dude, you fucked up," and she ended up wrapping it up for me in a in a, a towel that I had embroidered with the chaos star just randomly. And uh, it's still wrapped up. I found uh, fucking lizard Jesus little figurine. <laughs> I think and, I've
4: seen your lizard and Jesus. Freemason
2: symbols and rocks, all sorts of cool shit. If I if I have to permanently leave the torn or entertainment industry, I'm getting into thrifting, baby. Boobs out. Boobs out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Thanks, boobs.
0: Yes, thrifting.
4: Oh uh, man,
0: my little side hustle.
4: Yeah. I I'd never really fully appreciated it until I met you. I had gone oh, a few I times. I always liked the super flea. And always will like the super flea. But other than that, I never really regularly trolled it like I'm, you know, and I've dragged accustomed to doing it now.
0: I've dragged you to the random flea market where I grew up going as a kid.
4: There was a sick place in Cambridge that Sam took me to. Uh, it was called the Garment District. And one of the places was just a big fucking room full of clothes, like a foot deep, like you'd have in like a poorly kept laundry room, you know, (laughs) just like strewn about. But it was like a dollar a pound or something. They were selling those like bulk clothes. That's right. And there was like some decent shit in there, too, you know, weird vintage shit and all that.
0: And then you go to those Goodwill outlet. Stores or I think they're called outlets, where all the stuff that doesn't sell in the stores ends up.
4: They got them in like big buckets. And the,
0: yeah, they're in like big bins, and they're wheeling out bins like every three minutes, and you just like fill up a trash bag, and then they'll usually weigh it. There's some items that it's like a semi-professional a, sport. It is crazy. There are people <laughs> who are committed. Yeah. They get there early in the morning. They bring their lunch in a lunch box. They're gonna be there all day. They're gonna get a thrift score.
4: I mean, if you look good enough and long enough. Oh, one will come to you.
0: Oh yeah, every time. I love it. It's treasure hunting, treasure hunting in modern society. You like treasure? My yeah, first like treasure. big
4: like, I don't know if it counts as a thrift score so much, but uh, it was the first thing I ever bought myself as a kid at a garage sale, and it was this like small white cupboard, and I was like huge into Indian in the Indian, uh, Indian in the cupboard, that movie, cool. where the kid's toy turns to life in his magic cupboard. So I wanted my own little cupboard for like my action figures and stuff. And I had a little uh, latch on the front so I could lock it just oh, like perfect. that kid's locks. Um, and then I painted it like lime green like I was into. I think it was like this beat ass old white, you know, it didn't look very pretty. So I gave it a paint job and then I kept all my toys in there, man. I always like locked it thinking, oh, next time I come I'll unlock it and it'll be alive, you know. Yeah, I was like seven, you know, probably.
0: That's epic.
4: But yeah, I was
0: like... End with the key.
4: I was like, someday it could happen. I was like, it probably won't happen, but it could happen. Yeah. It never happened for for the record, to my knowledge anyway.
0: They were all dancing, but every time you walked it, they
4: were like, he's gone. That that was probably... (laughs) Uh, He mentioned getting those Led Zeppelin albums, man. I've always wanted Led Zeppelin. I don't have any Led Zeppelin uh, finals, but... They're so fucking expensive every time I do see them. Mostly I see new ones, you know. I don't really mm. see the old ones. Get a lot of, like, Engelbert Humperdinck. I see him a lot. Or, you know the album I see the most, and maybe I'm just prone to seeing it too, but it's that Tijuana Brass Band with the naked lady and the whipped oh, cream. Oh, yeah,
0: covered in whipped cream.
4: She's at, like, so many of those bargain record discount uh, sales. It's crazy.
0: We picked it up.
4: Yeah, I've got a copy. i good condition of it. Well, you can only pass... You can only flick through (laughs) that album, like, ten times before you're like, fine, I'll fucking buy it.
0: Jesus. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Man... I think it's called Whipped Cream and Other Delights or something. Something like that.
0: The vinyl stacks... If you go to an estate sale where someone's trying to just get rid of the vinyl or you're looking online on, like, the community groups or Craigslist or... Whatever, man, you see those Poshmark and the people are, I mean, those Poshmark, you see those piles of vinyl and the people are just trying to get rid of it. You take that whole pile. No doubt, yeah. There's always going to be, like, one, usually, treasure in there. Because I know your sister got a thrift score from someone off, probably FaceBag or something. Yep. Just selling, like, oh, there's about 100 albums here, like, I'll take 100 bucks for them. She got Beatles. Nice. And, uh, remember Chug Lug?
4: Yep, yep. Roger Miller.
0: Roger Miller, yeah. We did a little Roger Miller trade.
4: (laughs) I would say so much good stuff. The best deal I ever got was at a uh, garage sale that my neighbors down the street had when I was like in high school. They were selling their old, and I'm using finger quotes here, their old Pioneer system to buy like a brand new one from Rent-A-Center. And the guy was like a car salesman, but he was just like buying all kinds of shit on credit. And then they were just selling their stuff for cheap so i got a like two huge speakers in the pioneer you know sound system it had a tape deck it had a cd player it had obviously the radio built in it has phono input so you can put a record through it for 50 bucks cash man
0: nice
4: yeah so that was fucking those fantastic are
0: the speakers we have upstairs that are like as tall as i am yeah dang
4: yeah those have gotten some legs man they've had some life out of them for sure and they still kick great. I mean, those yeah, things get good. fucking loud. It's pretty wild.
0: That's a hell of a score.
4: We do have one uh, more voicemail in the queue. And All we have right. a text, actually. Ooh. Text. Uh, we got a text from our dear friend, Farmer Todd. Uh, he says it's The sweetest deal ever. I had a neighbor who had some bull calves, six of them, he couldn't catch. He had good fences, but a piss poor corral. And I had a good horse. So my dad and brother and I set it up. After a few rowdy chase sessions around his pasture, we wore him out and we ran those bulls straight into a ramshackle corral in a little stream bottom. Those calves never saw a horse before and they backed right into that piece of shit corral and onto my trailer, I asked for 800 bucks and offered to get them to sale. He said, "Keep 'em, you earned'." Them. Reminds Hell me yeah. that I need to get another good horse." <laughs> and then he says, "Burn 'em bright. Hell yeah, Farmer Todd, that's so fucking epic. You keep them, you earned them. Wow, man. <laughs> fucking A, dude. Six bull calves for free. Well, as a rustling ra- a fee. <laughs> Your oh, her- a little herding fee. fee. Fuck, man, that's pretty awesome, dude. Uh, and then our last voicemail. Let me queue it up. Hit me.
7: Oh, uh, hi. I-, I just like to go on the record and say they should fucking legalize it all over the fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> my first thrift score was back when I was in middle school. I finally had a little change in my pocket, you know, 10, 15 bucks or whatever. And I went down, and I kind of rocked the thrift a little bit at that time. But my best score that I can recall was a giant, beautiful, black leather trench coat. Hell it wasn't yeah. leather. It wasn't real leather. It was no. fake leather.
6: If it but looks cool, a big man. Big
7: black trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> and I would like wear it at school with, you know, a Hawaiian shirt and flip flops or something like that <laughs> Probably something, something terrible like that.
4: The Boogaloo boy but before God, Boogaloo boys. That
7: thing. <laughs> ever since then, I always go to the thrift see see if I can scoop on something like that.
2: Hell but yeah, dude!
7: Having a big old faux leather trench coat rocking around that, obviously took it to high school with me. Yeah. Uh. It served me very well, served me for many years, but it wasn't destined to last. Because Lord knows I fucking lose things.
4: No doubt.
7: Yeah, fucking love that place, Uh, that thrift store. R.I.P. Stores. Uh, Oh. You know.
0: (laughs) I remember stores.
7: One day. Yeah, remember. Yeah, in the bowl. See you guys later.
4: (laughs) Thanks, lavish. Lavish, I gotta get with lavish. I keep getting uh, behind the curtain and forgetting. Lavish is our next... Uh...
0: Bowls with Buds, Bud?
4: Yeah, that's right. Our next guest. Gonna be bud with up. Bowls? We got to get with you privately on some kind of schedulization. Uh, but yeah, we'll have a Bowls with Buds with Lavish coming out next. And Sweet. look who just slipped into the mailbox. So,
9: uh, my biggest score ever was a garage sale. Um, a couple was moving and
4: oh god damn it what did did you do how did it go away a couple was moving yeah a
9: couple was moving and they had like a uh, patio set with like a table it had like four chairs um there was like a couch and then like two other end tables anyways i think i paid like a hundred dollars for it 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 had an umbrella and stuff with it, too. But uh, the funny thing is that I had a buddy over like, uh, I don't know, like two or three weeks later. And he's like, wow, wow, kick ass, you got the same patio furniture that I got. I'm like, oh, yeah. uh, I go, I I bought it at a garage sale. He's like, how much did you pay? He's like, 100 bucks uh, or 125? Might have been 125. Anyways, he's like, what the hell? I just paid. I just paid, like, $625 for the same shed. And it was all the same cushions and everything. Holy it was, moly. It was pretty funny. So that's that's my story. In the
4: bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Thank you, Ned Ned.
0: Furniture.
4: Yeah, that's yes. something that you can get really good scores on sometimes. Just uh, if you wait long enough and keep your eye out. Like, you remember that bedroom set we got at that oh, yeah. one place? That was pretty nice for... Few hundred dollars, but one no one hundred that is a damn no, good deal.
0: But it was real wood, hard wood,
4: <laughs> real hard wood.
0: My favorite furniture score we've gotten has got to be the jungle bench toy chest. And we saw that in our first apartment together, and I was just like, We're getting it, I'm yeah. saving it for the nursery. It's <laughs> and here it is. Sir Do we have a text?
4: Sir Seat City just texted us, yes. Uh, he says, First thrift well he said first th- thrift score I got oh, I got me a three piece <laughs> denim suit from the 70s at a thrift store
0: Ooh. and
4: I wore it for the youth group talent show oh shit he's even With got video. it linked <laughs> let's see if I can find the guy in the suit oh yeah, oh, yeah. I see you boy <laughs> playing that funky music and look at you man killing it beautiful beautiful to see beautiful to see well it's getting late in the bowl but i did want to break down something uh just because i heard it recently on sir seat sitters podcast tabs in the six pack uh our our smoker buddies were just on there for episode uh 70 i think it was am i right about that uh, yeah, seventy ab, abs in a six pack, seventy. Fletcher and Carolyn, and they were talking about the time Ari Shavir spiked Bert Kreischer's drink with Molly, which I had never heard about before. I had never heard this controversy before, but um, I did make a tweet about it, and then I was like, "Well, I got to look up like what actually was the dealer." So <laughs> I, I pulled up the.
3: Host, you were getting an IV because. Oh, that. By the way, wait till I tell you what happened. That backfired on me big fucking time. Why? Why did you need it though? Let's start with Let's start with with Ari slipping me Molly.
4: What? So, Bert's telling on Joe Rogan's podcast the story of Ari slipping a Molly in a drink, um, without his knowledge, like he didn't know.
3: What? start there. You slipped them all in? Yeah. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? How much? It's enough. <laughs> so How was... did you do it? Where was this? It was at his house. It was at my, house. House. It was it was at my house in front of my children. Oh. We, wow. had, a, we, had, a before, we had a shot before we started. I had to empty out a capsule and fucking put it into a shot. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> are you out of your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was great. No, it wasn't. It was great. It was not. they are making me go on this fucking stupid shit. Yeah, it, it, Joe, oh what God. kind of sociopath are we friends with? He did it to punish me. Because hmm. I have to be sober. You don't give up Molly. You're only giving up alcohol. I don't do Molly because I can just got back to the doctor and he said, hey, it's time to get healthy. I agree. And so Yeah. I agree.
2: You don't think it's fucking crazy that you would do that? A bit. <laughs> Yeah, you're not doing crazy. it to like a your fucking college roommate. You're Did you even like, get the Molly tested? Like, where are you buying no, this Molly? No. I've
3: done it for my favorite Molly dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and you just Molly. spiked it's his drink. Yeah, yeah. High I blood emptied, pressure, high cholesterol. Three... Guys, you're all. Talking I would want to hits. kill you. Yeah, I yeah. would fucking want to kill he you. Yeah. He yeah. wanted yeah. to for about ten minutes. Tom's Molly kicks in. then he was fine. How fun was it? It's Molly. It's Molly. It's fucking. I was only. I I had to fly that night. I was on a fucking plane going like, when's this going to fucking stop? Because I didn't know that orange juice kicks it back up. Oh, so God. Orange juice kicks it back vitamins up? Vitamins for I You drink a yeah. lot of orange juice generally? So on the fucking plane, I'm drinking, trying to get hydrated because I'm on fucking Molly. And so I'm drinking Tito's <laughs> and orange juice. I, 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 Wait a minute, you drinking Tito's I, while you're on Molly? Hey, Joe. Joe, party's, I didn't pick at, party's Molly, in. Okay, I didn't pick the Molly. <laughs> but you already knew you were on it. Yeah, and I was having severe panic attacks because I'm like I don't do Molly and I'm thinking that kid died from Molly in Which Mexico. Kid? That comedy writer. Oh yeah, I don't think it was he, that. He died from Molly and I'm sitting there that going story. I'm 46, I got high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I'm on pain, I'm on meds. It was mm. great. He noticed how great his wife looked and he was like, "She's awesome. I've got Man. a great wife." Yeah, I was definitely was on out Molly. The
4: <laughs> so, I'm going to stop right here because there's a lot laid out there, but uh, it's like I said in my original tweet, this sort of thing where you're giving or sneaking somebody drugs Either without their knowledge Or consent Or both uh, In this case It's never ever ever okay There's no scenario where that's okay It's a huge violation Just a personal sovereignty I, We on the bull have talked about this a couple of times before But that is like on the, it's, it's on the same level as rape In terms of like a violation I feel like I agree And I don't care if it's Tylenol I don't care if it's Flintstone vitamins. Like, I don't care if there's a person who's a vegan and you're f- slipping a meat in something secret. Like, all of that kind of shit is would be really tough to forgive. I'm not the kind of person who thinks that there's really, like, many things that are unforgivable. And I include this in there. Like, I don't think that's unforgivable. And um, there was a lot of defense of Arya. I know that Carolyn kind of pushed back, too, and was like, it's like a sinister act, I think is what she said, which is like a brilliant way to put it. There's just something there where like, that's a violation, you know, if this person and he goes on to say like, he probably wouldn't have done the Molly. That's why he just slipped it to him. And also that it was like a one time thing. I think people make mistakes. And uh, <laughs> now Dwanam's calling me out. Didn't you give Fletcher a pot brownie? And he didn't know it was a pot brownie. You by her on your high horse.
0: But I did say it was a special brandy.
4: Sometimes people just don't Lost get the message, man. And that's a little different. Especially if everybody's kind of like well behind the curtain. But in a situation... <laughs> and it's a pop branding, man. Come on. Uh, but, you know, you're right. You're right. I probably should have yeah, been totally. more clear because that also could have gone too far, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's best to be careful and communicate right.
0: Communication
4: is key. So, um I also get that there's like there's no reason to like cancel Ari and I also will say this probably isn't even a thing that should have been brought up on a podcast to talk about for those guys. Like if that happened to me, I wouldn't I wouldn't probably go around saying it, you know.
0: Call someone out on it on a podcast. I would
4: talk to people. <laughs> Personally, but I also probably would never hang with that person again. I definitely wouldn't ever be able to trust them again. Yeah. And let my guard down around them again if they slipped me drugs that I wasn't down with. You know,
0: slipped me anything I'm not down with.
4: Without being prepared or knowing or like being like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. You know?
0: Yeah. People have reasons for not doing certain drugs too.
4: For sure.
0: And when you just force it in, it's like,
4: ah. And I think that it's funny because Segura was like, you could tell in his eyes, like, dude, if you did that to me, I'd fucking punch you in the face. He was so pissed. But uh, um, people said that Kreischer was a bit of a crybaby about it. Um, I can understand that perspective. He like, but it's also like saying someone who got felt up or got molested or got raped on certain levels. There's a lot of different levels of that, and people def- you know have different barriers and boundaries. Um, it's a tough subject to kind of parse and talk about, but they're on that same level. It's a violation and the, the excuses can be kind of the same in both of them. That's what really creeped me out was Shafir being like, well, you had a good time and your wife looked so hot, you know, and, uh, but it's like, well, yeah, cool. Well, I was like peeking on Molly. Yeah. There were like things that, you know, my face felt great, but that doesn't excuse the behavior. It's like, it's like if you rape somebody and be like, yeah, but you came really hard, you know, but uh, it's like, okay, what the fuck though, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Like, oh man. Anyway, I just had to, I just had to say that the bowl does not endorse that shit at all. That's not something that's okay ever.
0: No, agreed. And Um, I'll let you know when my, it's a magic brownie I'm handing you.
4: (laughs) Shit, man. It might even be worth just uh, getting a couple rolls on the. Ah fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling.
0: It's all you well can do. do.
4: Might as well go bowling. Get it out of our system.
0: Seriously. So some people go to a massage parlor hoping that they get a special ending. But this dude did not, and he was in Springfield, Missouri. Uh-oh, and a thirty three year old masseuse is now charged with second degree sodomy.
4: Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: As the
0: story goes, the masseuse comes out. He said, oh, hey, I'm gay, by the way, to the guy he was massaging.
4: That's comforting.
0: Then touched an inappropriate place, which was not mentioned. (laughs) Oh, no. And froze. And the victim was like, hey, not cool. This needs to stop now. What did the masseuse say? Well, I'm just following your lead.
4: Okay, then stop. Exactly. My lead was stop, so just stop.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately for this dude, it was his second sodomy case Mm. while being a masseuse.
4: He probably shouldn't be masseuse anymore. I was
0: surprised he got another job after the first one.
4: Damn. That's so creepy, dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Got him right near the booty hole.
0: But we got some good news coming out of the show me
4: state. Oh, did did I gutter that? I believe so. Just make sure. God damn it.
0: (laughs) One for each case, yeah. Yeah. Not off to a good start. No. But this guy. This is a magic ticket here.
4: Just diddle people who like it who will let you. Consensual diddling. Yeah, there's plenty of people who will let you diddle them if you just, like, get your shit together.
0: There's plenty of people who will take Molly with you, too. Yeah, exactly.
4: (laughs) If you just get your shit together.
0: So a Missouri angler reeled in a 112-pound black carp from the Osage River.
4: Fuck yeah, bro.
0: Yeah. The state was glad to get that carp out of there, too, because apparently they're an invasive species. Oh, yeah,
4: carps are motherfuckers, man.
0: Yeah, and they're threatening our local mollusks. And they get huge. Yeah, 112 pounds. 112 pounds is
4: unbelievably huge, but, I mean, they get big as hell.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Apparently, Missouri hosts some uh, critically endangered species of mollusks, Mm. which the carp go after. So they said this all started in 1994 when 30 black carp escaped a fish farm during a high water event.
4: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. They, you know. That'll do it. Couldn't catch them and here we are.
4: 30 can make a hell of a lot more, man.
0: Yeah, shoot. I mean, look at 15 cats turned into 33 earlier in the bowl. (laughs) No doubt. So imagine the fish.
4: Yeah, the fish turned into an army. A Missouri Fish Army.
0: A jeep crashed into an art museum in Wisconsin. Turns out, it's dog driving to blame.
5: (laughs) Dog,
4: dog on it. A dog drove a jeep into (laughs) a fucking art museum? Is that what you're saying?
0: That is correct. That
4: sounds like a money laundering scheme to me. Come on.
0: The vehicle's owner told the cops that he parked his jeep at the gas station, went across the street to a bakery, and when he came out, the vehicle was crashed. And he blamed his five-year-old Australian shepherd.
4: Australian shepherd. He says
0: that apparently the dog knocked the shifter out of park and the vehicle rolled into the building. Don't you have to have
4: your foot on the brake?
0: That's what I thought. It's fucking embarrassing.
4: Jesus Lord. Yeah. That's just goofy. Imagine if it was a stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was my dog. Oh, well, my dog did it. Whoops. <laughs>
4: he knows exactly how to... Pop the clutch just right. Get it going.
0: (laughs) Another vehicle was pulled over for an equipment violation when this cop saw that the driver was sitting in a camping chair. Whoops. Yeah.
4: Was that another Missouri story? (laughs) No, no. This
0: was also Wisconsin. Two bad driving stories for Wisconsin this week.
4: I could see that going on down here. Oh yeah, (laughs) a camping chair for your driver's seat.
0: Yeah, I guess all the chairs have been ripped out of the van, and so he's just sitting in this camping (laughs) chair driving. Fucking
4: awesome! (laughs) I can see it with like a little Miller light in the fucking cup holder. Oh yeah, you
0: know it. (laughs) It does have the double cup holder. It looks like based camping chair. Um, so. The Guinness World Record for fastest time to drink a Capri Sun pouch just went out to a British man who did it in sixteen point six five seconds. Nice. Those things do disappear quickly. I think our kids could compete. Sixteen
4: point sixty five seconds. I was gonna say I feel like I could get competitive in that.
0: Thirty seconds. Does it have to be cold?
4: If it's room no. temperature, you can slam it, dude. I don't. If it's cold, then there's a certain way you gotta swallow it and. You get brain freeze and fuck.
0: <laughs> You'll have to do the research on the rules from the Guinness World Record. I'll drink. take a
4: look. Maybe I could have a world record, 16.65 seconds.
0: Yeah, or just think of a record that's not taken yet that's something goofy you can do. Uh,
4: I'll be the <laughs> fastest guy to drink a Kool-Aid Jammers patch <laughs> in your face, man.
0: Yeah, seriously, just choose a different brand. Oh, boy. There's a woman in Tennessee waiting to get recognition for her Guinness World Record, as she has collected 16,000 Winnie the Pooh items.
4: 16,000? <laughs>
0: yes. High score. The previous Guinness World Record holder for the most Winnie the Pooh items was around 14,000.
4: Damn. Yeah. I assume they can't be duplicates, too.
0: They cannot be duplicates. She. That's so cool. Yeah, and she was. I love
4: big, ridiculous collections like that. Even if it's something stupid like Winnie the Pooh.
0: Oh, your dad's a Woody the Woodpecker collector. I've helped Mm -hmm. boost his item by at least, (laughs) at least fifteen items. Woody's a little more off
4: the beaten path, though. You know, you don't really see Woody in a lot of places.
0: Winnie, I see all the time. I love Winnie the Pooh, but not sixteen thousand items worth of Winnie the Pooh. No doubt. She said she started collecting when her son was six months old like, 31 years ago, and uh, just took off from there. And her husband was even quoted in the article saying, like, they'll be out, you know, thrifting or whatever, and he'll try to remember if they have an item and then just decide, hey, it's better just send her a picture, call her, and say, hey, do we have this one? (laughs) (laughs) She'll know. (laughs) Oh, man. I I could see myself with 16,000 mushroom objects.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And a long enough time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And finally, if you're looking for a career change, Whatshed is looking for a Minecraft virtual gardening consultant.
4: Oh, man. And
0: they're going to pay him $70 an hour.
4: You're going to need a fucking expert, bud.
0: Yeah. Consultants will be able to lend their expertise for achieving gardening excellence while sticking to the player's mine coin budget.
7: (laughs) (laughs)
4: We're working so, on a budget. That's like just like a great HGTV show in the making. Yes, <laughs> Minecraft, uh, extreme home makeover shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there it is.
4: Beautiful. Pretty well, that good, was good game. That's a good round of ball.
0: Yeah. What's our first time I ever for next week?
4: Ooh. First time I ever for next week.
0: First time I ever. We need like a first time I ever thinking jingle.
4: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like Jeopardy, but. It's just like, first time. I had something earlier.
4: I thought we had a backup list, too.
0: The backup to the back. We went through all our backups. My
4: problem is that I cleaned up no, down just here. No, I'm yeah. So now all of our lists got thrown away. You cleaned
0: the desk. I don't know where my sticky note is.
4: But the first time you ever moved? Yeah, all right. Like you moved to houses. You moved. It could be a kid. Or it could be older. Whatever. Some people are going to be like, well, I don't remember the first time I moved. Because that's like me. First time I moved, I was like one year old.
0: Yeah, but you could also talk about the first time you do remember moving.
4: But I I remember the second time, like it was the first time. <laughs> and if you have a first time I ever story, you can get in between now and then, or you can wait till the next show. Um, but, as always, it's been so lovely hanging out with you guys, the bowlers. And thanks for joining us, too, if you're listening on the Neugenist Stream. We'll be back next Tuesday, live at 9 o'clock Central, 10 o'clock Eastern. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City.
0: I am Dame DeLorean, wishing you all a happy St. Patrick's Day. Go make some luck for yourself. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. May your bowls
1: burn ever brighter.
6: being like a cake.
2: Wow, I am really high. Spark one up.
6: Smoke in a bowl,
7: sir.
1: Rock on. Smoke on. Mwah.